Hello and welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Energy Podcast, our first episode of 2024. On this week's episode, we're going to be breaking down 2023, what happened throughout the year for the Pokemon TCG, some of our favorite moments, our favorite decks, all those type of things. Just a fun little look back on the past year and maybe what's coming up in 2024. We're going to look at the Pokemon fans top 100 favorite Pokemon. This is a poll that came out recently in Japan. Might be some surprising picks on there. We'll uh, talk about that a little bit. We'll, of course, have guess that flavor text. Everyone's favorite segment of the podcast. And then we're going to wrap up this week's episode by talking about the Portland Regional Championships this coming weekend, the first tournament of the new year. We're not even halfway through the tournament season yet. We'll talk about the meta, what we think is going to do well, what we think could succeed all that and more. And then, of course, over on our Patreon, we will have our weekly bonus episode for our Patreon supporters, exclusive over there. If you want to get an additional 30 minutes of content from me and Azul every single week, the place to do it is over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Uncommon Energy Podcast. My name is Chip Ritchie, joined here, as always, by my friend and co-host, Azul GG. Hello, Azul. Happy New Year. How's your week been, buddy? Uh, it's pretty good. I didn't really do anything for uh the new year um nothing crazy uh and but it's been a good week of i mean it's been a good like last like month or post san antonio regionals i guess of like content been pretty consistent with the streams uploading to youtube all that's been going super well um over on twitch and youtube so that's been exciting and uh she's gonna try and continue to be consistent with that going to the new year i think it's like my one goal i guess <clears throat> i guess we could talk about what is our new year resolutions uh mine is just like be more consistent with content Person, yeah. it's like my goal, right? Or be as consistent as possible. Like, I'm not going to put it on myself to I mean, like the goal ideally is like upload a YouTube video every day and then try and stream every day that I'm not traveling or competing in a tournament. But you know, I took like a, a day off on Saturday because it's a bunch of stuff I had to do around the house, stuff like that. Uh, and feeling a little burnt out, so I just took the day off, you know, whatever stuff like that. But <clears throat> can try and be as consistent as possible. I can this year, but yeah, just a lot of content for me this week. And yeah, it is the new year, so happy new year to you as well, Chip. Um, you got any big goals this year? Anything changing for you? Not really. I've never been super huge on New Year's resolutions, to be honest. I've kind of, if there's ever something that I've kind of felt like I needed to do in my life, I just kind of, I don't, I don't know. I've always thought New Year's resolutions are kind of silly because it's like, why wait for, yeah. like, why is New Year the time to, you know, set those new goals and make new changes in your life or whatever? Why can't you just like do it whenever it, you know, whenever at any point throughout the year? And I guess you could, but, and the, I guess new year's for a lot of people is just kind of like a, a good starting point to set stuff. So, I mean, I'm not hating on resolutions or anything like that. I think people <laughs> should be doing things to try to improve their lives. Uh, but I've just never really like gone out of my way to set a resolution. I actually did one year just cold Turkey. So I, uh, for a long time was pretty bad about drinking a lot of soda and I still drink a good bit of soda probably more than I should, but I went like 10 months in a year, something like that without drinking soda. The one time I like had a new year's resolution, it was like, you know what? I'm just gonna stop drinking soda. And I just did it instantly. And then one day in like what, 10 months, like October or something like that. I was just like, Hmm, you know what? I kind of want a soda today. I was like, I'm, I'm not going to like go the rest of my life without drinking a soda. So I might as well just go ahead and go drink another soda. <laughs> actually reminds me now that you like mentioned that I actually was, I, when I was, this was when I was like younger, I, don't know, I was like 14, 15. I went vegan for a year. Oh, okay. just like, I think everyone in my, no, not vegan, uh, vegetarian. 
vegetarian vegan would be tough. My brother is. Uh, if you had went vegan, we definitely would have heard you tell us about being vegan at some point. <laughs> <laughs> I think my brother, uh, he maybe is vegetarian now, but he was vegan for he's been vegan for a long time, or at least vegetarian for a really really long time. I think he's be uh, he was vegan for a long time. I think he's vegetarian now, uh, but almost every uh, all my siblings, we've all been vegetarian at one point. It was just like literally. Uh, uh, it was at a point where I think my older sister was vegetarian for a little while. It was literally Thanksgiving. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to become vegetarian for a year. And then next Thanksgiving, I ate meat again. Like it was just like literally Thanksgiving to Thanksgiving. I don't know what conversation we were having at the dinner table <laughs> that motivated me to want to do it. But that try, Thanksgiving but... turkey was out on the table. And it was like, mm, can't pass that one up. <laughs> <laughs> and it came back around. Yeah, I don't remember. But that like reminded me that I was just like, all of a sudden I was like, yep, we'll just try being vegetarian for a year. And then did it for a year. And then that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I also I went one year in college without cutting my hair, a full year without a haircut. I see you hair... with like the longer hair. Is that the one time you've had really long hair? Yeah, I think I've showed you a picture of it before, but yeah, I, I saw had... in your, some of your YouTube videos. Your one of the, your YouTube videos you showed me where you made it in your, at your in your college dorm or whatever it looked like. Yeah, you yeah, had the yeah, long yeah, hair yeah. before I did Pokemon stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I had hair down like past my shoulders for it grew out for a full year, and then January. The first week of January, the next year, I just buzz cut, shaved it all off. Just all gone. <laughs> flip of a coin. Uh, and then I always talked about growing my hair back out. But then it was always kind of a joke because, like, so my wife, Brooke, she and I have been together for a long time. We, like, dated long distance through college. So she didn't ever really see me because it was in college when I grew my hair out. So she never really saw me. But anytime we would, like, you know, FaceTime or anything like that, it would always be like, oh, yeah, maybe you get a haircut. And we'd see each other in person. She, like, wasn't a huge fan of it, but she obviously, like, didn't really care that much. And mm -hmm. then it was always a joke, like, yeah, once we get married, I don't really care. You can do whatever you want with your hair. I just want, you know, whenever we have our wedding pictures and stuff, I just want your hair to, like, look nice. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Makes sense. I'll do whatever I want once uh, you know after we get married but now anytime my hair is like starting to get a little long she's kind of like hmm you know you really probably should go to the barbershop soon you really probably <laughs> should get a haircut <laughs> she's so, afraid of long hair chip no, no more long hair for me yeah i don't know she doesn't love it i guess it's fine did you like the the style i mean yeah you're probably I, like not overly attached to it but like yeah I, d I really don't care that much i've never really cared about my hair too much to be honest i tell i, I go to great clips to get my hair cut dude like i <laughs> do not really care that much uh because worst case scenario you know what it'll if, if if i get a bad haircut it'll look fine in like two weeks you know yeah it really it's, doesn't it's temporary long, yeah for sure but uh the but yeah, i will say that this past week oh go ahead go ahead no, I was going to say, yeah, like for me, like as my hair gets longer, it just gets more annoying. The longer it gets, the more annoying it gets. Like if you just cut it short, it like I usually just cut my shorts really, like my sides really short, like with a, you got to get it with a, done with like a two or whatever. I it's have like really nice. thick hair. And so whenever it was long, it was not definitely not fun to manage, to manage, especially because like during the summer that year oh, yeah. when it was getting long was definitely not fun. <laughs> uh, but then other than that, this past week, I've watched a lot of football this past week. It's like college bowl season. I don't love college football as uh, much as I enjoy watching like professional football, but then we're getting into like for professional football, you know, people fighting to make the playoffs and stuff like that. And it's getting like every game is kind of mattering for a lot of these teams. It's been really exciting. There is, I don't know. I know you watch some football sometimes. Did you see anything that happened with the, Detroit Lions game this past yeah, I saw weekend. the end of that dude that was crazy Super I watched crazy. it I watched that live bro <laughs> Super it crazy was wild. you know they said that that referee crew they've like uh demoted them like they're not going to do a playoff game anymore that ref crew mm. 
that's rough but i feel like there has to be some determining factors behind like who gets to do those games it's like you can't mess there's only so many football games not that many if you mess up in one of them that's still a pretty big deal yeah no um, and sure. it was so it was confirmed that it was communicated like i missed that part it was confirmed that it was communicated to him that he would be eligible to receive right and so that, pretty and much play. i don't want to get too much into this because i'm sure a lot of people <laughs> who are listening don't <laughs> i didn't look up i didn't look up the the i didn't look up the the end result of that but i saw like, basically a what it looks like is it's like the referee made a mistake Okay. One player was coming in to report as eligible. One player was in the huddle and came over to report as eligible. Another player was running onto the field. The referee assumed the player running onto the field was reporting as eligible because he had done that mm. a couple other times during the game. So the referee just made a quick assumption. He goes over and tells the defense X player is reporting as eligible. And so that's another part of the thing as well, because everyone's looking at the oh. play and saying, uh, well, the, the Lions should have won this game. They should overturn it. But the Cowboys defense didn't know that that guy was yeah. eligible. So they're not even thinking about defending him, like peeling off to catch a pass. Yeah. Um, so the okay. whole play would be different if the Dallas knows like, oh, 68 is eligible to catch a pass. Dallas is like going to do things differently. So yeah, for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about, one of the uh, well offensive linemen was like, trying to become eligible to receive a pass on like yeah. a final touchdown play. I didn't it's even know that was a thing. Weird I didn't even know thing. Yeah. I don't know that much about football. There's also the first time I saw the, the penalty of the illegal touching penalty or whatever that was. That's the first time I've ever seen that penalty before. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that was a thing where you had to like make yourself eligible to receive if you were defensive or an offensive lineman. I didn't even yeah. know that was a thing. I thought, I, I thought they could just get the ball if it like lined up correctly um, for them to like be in a position where like the quarterback could, could throw them, throw them the ball. But so I learned a lot about football that day, but it was definitely a crazy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love legs on the place multiple times. Like it's so crazy, <laughs> and it's stuff like that. It's just like I just love football, man. It's like the the something new happening every single year during playoff times and stuff like that. Um, definitely feels bad for the Detroit Lions <laughs> fans out there. Yeah, they're still gonna win the division. Still get a playoff, you know, game. Might still hopefully be able to host a home game. We'll see. But uh, yeah. Definitely a crazy sequence of events. But enough about football, man. Let's talk about the Pokemon TCG, what we're all here to really hear about and talk about. Um, I guess before we get into too much else, we do have a couple of announcements. First off, next week's episode is going to release next Friday, January 12th. Azul and I both have stuff going on earlier in the week, so we're not going to be able to do kind of our normal Wednesday episode. This will be the latest we've ever released an episode in the week, but that's yeah. when we'll talk about the results from Portland and stuff like that. So look out for that next Friday. Yeah, a little bit late on that one, but we'll be back to the normal schedule on the following week. So it'll be like a little bit of a close back-to-back -back episodes there, I guess. But yeah, yeah, just a little bit of delay on that one, but we'll be back to normal schedule the week after. And then we wanted we should honestly do this a little bit more where we kind of update something we talked about last week's episode when we get like a little more information about it. Just a quick little update at the beginning of the episode. But last week right. we talked a bit about uh, a website, TCG One, that's like an online simulator that people have used for old formats and stuff like that to play. Uh, we did confirm. We actually did this in the bonus episode. We played it in the bonus episode. Not played it, but like tried it out a quick game. Uh, it is automated. So that was something we didn't know for sure when we were recording last week. And then also something we were joking about last week was how there were so many people on the website playing the team up through Chilling Rain format. And we were like, why the heck are people playing this random format from 2021? But some people let us know in the comments, actually, that the reason for that is because that is china's current standard format china just kind of recently got uh pokemon tcg and like as far as like organized play goes 
yeah and they're behind catching up and stuff like that and that is their current standard format and so <laughs> the people we saw playing on tcg1 were probably chinese players who are practicing their current standard format because that's the only way you can really practice it online yeah they don't literally have anywhere else uh anywhere else to go but it was funny looking at it which is like why would anyone want to like why is there so many people playing this, <laughs> yeah. this format like people really miss eternitus man <laughs> Yeah, I guess. I mean, I didn't hate tag teams personally, but a lot of people you were always hitting on. But yeah, it is their it's their current standard. And that's the only way to really practice it. You can't do it on. Well, I guess I don't know what cards they would even have access to on PTCG Live, or if, even if they have access to PTCG Live as well. Um, but you, would you have access to all the cards if you're on PTCG Live right uh, now? I think so. And I guess there's nothing different. It's the same current turn one rules and stuff like that. Yeah, but I don't know if they have access to PTCG Live. Well, I know that there was like weird stuff. People were trying to practice and play TCG Live in Japan and they weren't able to access. I think you like had to have a VPN pretty much if you wanted to play TCG Live while we were in Japan for Worlds and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 you did. Yeah. So it could be something similar. Mm -hmm. That would be interesting to know. But then you also can't like on TCG One, you can queue up into some like you can just see who's waiting to queue and you can just queue into someone's game right on TCG live you would have to like go out of your way to find someone to play with right yeah yeah definitely that's true i guess yeah so i guess it is the way to just like play i'm sure i guess if the cards are all on btcg live some they probably do play on that but it's only if you have someone to play against where it's like it's yeah. become kind of like it's kind of known that there's like a you know random uh or like a random you can go randomly queue up against other people on tcg1 in that format so that's where they go when they just don't have anyone else to to play against sense well our first topic this week is talking about some stuff that happened in 2023 a little bit of a look back a bit of a year in review some of our favorite pokemon tcg moments throughout the weir throughout the year thought this would be kind of fun to just chat back reminisce think about the past year uh i guess first off i mean we had a great year for the podcast numbers wise things grew pretty well um a lot more listens than the previous year. I had this when we did this last year and I had like the numbers and stuff prepared, but uh, I, I don't think we don't really focus too much on the numbers, but as long as we just kind of look and see that like, things are continuing to grow, that's kind of the most important thing to us. It's not like how many views each week we get or listens we get each week. It's just like yeah. that it's a steady growth throughout the year. There might be some ups and downs in there, but like if you just put a line on it, it's still steady growth. And that's what we were able to do this past year. So we're definitely, you know, a goal achieved there, I would say, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's like all we're really concerned with. I mean, that's like how I view like my own content personally as well. As long as it feels like I'm growing, there'll be, you know, more aggressive growth and and sometimes slower growth. But as long as you're growing in general, that's like really the only thing you, that you really need to be happening as long as that's happening you're usually you're probably in a good spot yeah you're probably in a good spot that's how we're feeling feeling right now the podcast yeah still growing things in a positive direction definitely like more stuff we want to try and do this year um for sure yeah pokemon wise as well there's a it was a pretty good year for you Azul. you won a, a lot of pokemon tournaments huh <laughs> a couple well this year i won well i guess i did win san antonio i guess i kind of think of it's usually season wise but i guess i won what two tournaments this season San Antonio, OCIC, yeah, couple top cuts. I guess the, the top four at Worlds was a pretty big Worlds, deal. Yeah, yeah, that was like the big one. Um, yeah, I mean it was a good season overall, or a good year, I guess. You should break it down to seasons, but it was a good year overall. And I've started off this season pretty well overall. Actually, uh, yeah, like this season so two far, drops, been, three top three, eights, three <laughs> drops, three top eights. It's been three, three drops, three, three top yeah. eights. Yeah, <laughs> but like that's pretty good. Like a, it would be nice to not drop half of the tournaments, but. I don't know if I can really complain 
if I have a 50% top eight rate so far, like that's yeah, like maybe one of the other ones. Like, if I had to trade, I don't think I would trade uh, one of my drops for a day two to demote one of like the top eights to like a top 32, you know, like it's not worth the trade off. Like, I'd rather also, have the top eights. I almost feel like you would rather drop in day one than play day two and finish in like the top 256. It's honestly, yeah, it's honestly like the best of. Like, yeah, because I'm not like getting to day two and then dropping top 256. Yeah, I mean, even <laughs> I, if like top, top 64, right? Top 64, all you get is 18 packs, which I mean, I guess yeah. is nice, but it's like, you know, that doesn't matter that much to you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that's kind of good. Then I get to, on day two, I just get to chill. Um, I just haven't gone home early on any of them, but yeah, just get chill, hang out, um, which I, I don't mind. You know, yeah, as long as like it's like I've. I'd still say like I'm being consistent so far. Beginning sure. of the season, the end of this year, beginning of the next season, like even yeah, I've dropped three times, but once again, three top eights. I can't really complain out of the 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 three the the results so far from the first six tournaments for sure. I think it's six. Yeah, we're at six now. Sheesh. Well, we listed a few things here that we wanted to go back and talk about our favorite TCG moments through the year. The first one we have listed: favorite deck that we played to a tournament. So I played way fewer tournaments than you, Azul. So yeah. do you have a, a favorite deck through the dozens of tournaments you played in last year? Uh, Favorite deck? Man, I'm trying to think. Hang on, I might actually go to my Limitless page real fast just so I can, like, try to refresh my memory a little bit. I mean, it was just a lot of Lost Zone. It was definitely the yeah. year of Lost Zone, right? Oh, you know, it was probably, if it was, no, it was in 2022. We didn't play Reggie's in 2023. Uh, no, well, maybe we no. did at that final one where Grant got top eight, but I forget that. I forget what that one was. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of Kyogre lost box. I think I'd give it to Yvetal Control at Florida. Um, I did kind of throw against John on stream that one, but it was enjoyable to like. Yeah, this is like a loss, a lot of loss on what the heck. <laughs> like, <laughs> even going into the. 2024 season, uh, more lost box. I guess well, I could try to think of some decks that I didn't make day two with that I would maybe pick from, but there wasn't. Most of those were still lost box, I think. I think I made day two with all the every time every time I played lost box, I think I made day two. Um, but yeah, I'll give it to control then. I guess last last year for it would definitely be control then because yeah, the lost box was tiring at a certain point. I mean, kept doing it because we still still felt like it was the best play for the tournament. But yeah, yeah, the switch up with the control in Florida it was really nice to play a control deck again at a tournament because I hadn't done that in a while. Yeah, I think that's one of the marks of like a good player is being able to utilize multiple different strategies, playing aggressive decks, playing uh, kind of like late game comeback decks, playing control decks and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely yeah. cool that you've played just a, a wide variety of different things. I've yeah, played far like, less yeah. decks. I played in three regional or three majors this past year. Yeah. I played Lost Zone Kyogre in Milwaukee. I played Charizard in Toronto and I played Chien Pao at LAIC. And then I played in a couple of league cups, not that many. And I'm trying to remember some of my league cup decks. Cause I feel like, I mean, those decks that I listed for the majors, like are all fine, but none of them stand out as being like, that's like my favorite <laughs> deck that I played, you know? What about um, that Arceus firebox deck? Was that one of your league cup decks? That sounds familiar. Yeah. That was from the year before though. That mm, was at, okay, uh, okay. that deck was actually really cool. I did like that deck. I played the nine tails V so that I could one shot a Mewtwo V Union. That was pretty sick. I don't know that you need that. Um, but yeah, I think honestly, you're going to laugh at this answer. <laughs> I think it was one cup that I played back after EUIC right around EUIC. I think it was slightly after EUIC. Uh, and I played 
Good old classic double turbo Mew VMAX, baby. <laughs> good, consistent, solid, drawn a lot of cards. There was yeah. no Spiritomb to be scared of. Four lost vacuum, thin in the handout. Was that um, actually broken then the whole time? What was the, why was that deck not better? I mean, Pablo got top what four at top four UIC, yeah. right? And then he was kind of he kind of revived it with that with that run, I feel like for sure, because a lot of people had given up on it. Um yeah, I lost in top four of that League Cup to a, uh, a Maridon deck that it was actually mm. a really close game. That was like before people really knew how to build Maridon, but uh, it was a guy in our area who was he was one of the early adopters of the high energy Maridon. There was no Flaffy. It was like 18 lightning energy. No, or sorry, no <laughs> Flaffy. Uh, and then like he did have a Drapion in his deck. So it was like. I had a chance to win in our third game of Top Cut, and I like Ionoed or not Ionoed. Iono wasn't even out. I like judged him after he knocked me out plus path, and he didn't really need that much. Uh, it was like because he had Drappy on me the previous turn. He either needed to like super odd nest ball the Drappy on or like get two more energy in play because he had energies in play to right shoot me, and then he just right shoot yeah. me. So, <clears throat> I see. But yeah, that would probably be. Just good old classic Mew Veeam. I like decks like that. You know, they're just like fast, consistent, draws a lot of cards. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a fan, definitely a fan. All right. <clears throat> well, my favorite deck for a tournament. Um, I don't remember thing I was going to say on that, but I completely like blanked on. Yeah, you looked like you were spacing out there, buddy. Say. Yeah, I know. I was like, I had something I was going to say, and then it was like started escaping me. Now I can't remember what the heck it was. Um, oh well, we'll have to like give it up, give up on this one. This you'll time. think about it at some point. Um, the next yeah. question, the next oh, that's what uh, I was doing, but yeah, you go ahead now. <laughs> the next point we had was favorite tournament location throughout the year. So while I didn't play in as many tournaments, I still went to just about as many tournaments, uh, yeah. casting and working them all. So, um, yeah, did you have a favorite tournament location this past year as well? Um, I almost want to say, uh, Japan, but like I didn't like I would enjoy it a lot more if it wasn't in the summer. Not a big fan yeah. of the heat. Kind of a, a killer for me in general. I wouldn't mind the heat if I just didn't sweat so much, but like I get really sweaty. Really it was quickly. pretty miserable. Um so yeah, not the greatest experience in Japan, to be honest overall. But I'm trying to like look uh actually like look at a list of tournaments to like kind of remind me everywhere I went. Um, um but if I had to Pick one, I think I would give it to. Honestly, I guess I would probably give it to to Melbourne then, because I like Australia. Um, yeah, I think I would go with Melbourne then as the. I guess the last. This is the last time I'll probably be in Australia for a long time as well. But uh, yeah, I do like Australia. Australia is always a good time. So I'm gonna go with Melbourne on this one. I think my favorite tournament location from from 2023. I also did win there, so. Yeah, that always makes it a little bit more uh, a more memorable of a location. Uh, yeah, honestly, I think for me, Melbourne would also be my choice. And similar things for you, like I think Japan, I would have enjoyed more if I had done more stuff. It was yeah. really a work trip, you know. I didn't get to go out and do that much sightseeing. Just a like a half day, twice, pretty much is all mm. I really got. So I I would have liked to have stayed a couple more days. Uh, but ended up coming on back home. So tournament days and stuff like that, it was like, you know, from seven in the morning until eight or nine at night, pretty much. And then it's like, everything's closed when you get done. So 
yeah, yeah. really a work trip more than anything. So yeah, Melbourne though, I did go a day early, uh, and, uh, or two days early really. So I got to do a little bit more sightseeing, walked around the city a little bit with Ross and Kyle. Um, that trip was really fun. Australia was awesome. So that was a good time. Yeah. I'll show you the, the dub on this one. It'll probably, yeah, it might even be like the last time I ever go to Australia. I kind of want to like, I want to like go actually go to the, what's it called? Uh, New Zealand. Um, but... Dude, I want to go to New Zealand so bad. <laughs> but maybe See, they'll like, bring back. Lord of the Rings was filmed and stuff. Maybe bring back OCIC and put it in New Zealand. Put That's it in New the, Zealand? Yeah, put yes. It in New Zealand. <laughs> let's Come make on. that happen. Daddy Peak, let's make it happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Next one we had here on our list was favorite match casted or played. So casted for you, played for me. What was your favorite? Well, it could match be played you... for me. What was your favorite match you casted this year, <laughs> Chip? <laughs> yeah, this one for me, I think it's hard to give it to anything besides Masters Worlds Finals. Um, just for the fact of you know the prestige of the tournament, the fact that it was in Japan crowded room full of people tons of people watching online and the fact that it was um such a down to the wire game as well it was a close game uh really exciting moments in that one so i think i don't know it it might be hard in casting in general to to uh keep uh to peak anything over casting world's finals in japan it could have been like a really lame final. Like, yeah, it definitely could have been. There have been some bad yeah. world's finals over the years, like the Mega Audino year. Yeah, that was pretty. The Greninja basically just got double donked. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Then it probably isn't going to be as memorable or, or exciting. But yeah, it was a, it was pretty cool, cool back and forth. And it was like it was in one. Of, it was in the situation where like Tord was basically out of time, but still had like a a win condition, not like the route you want to have to be and pressured he pieced to it together. Yeah. You could see him like piecing it together as he was yeah. going through the turn <laughs> and had like the, the really like the shiny arcana for two psychics or whatever as well. Wasn't that one of the things he needed to hit and like hit that. And then it was like, or at least one psychic, but it's like unlikely, you know, all the little things are falling in place, but it doesn't, wasn't quite enough. It was like, he Vance missed just... on the one thing, but then it like opened up. Then it's like, okay, he had to pivot his win condition, you know, yeah. in the middle of the turn, which I think that stuff's always really cool. Vance was just sitting over like there. I can't wait for him to pass. Like, <laughs> yeah. As boss orders <laughs> yeah. in to just win the game. Just waiting to win the game. <laughs> um, Favorite match for me actually was one that happened in this season towards the end of the year that the one that sticks out to me the most, like most recently was I played a like, it was just like a very enjoyable game of Pokemon to play. I played against, um, Oh my gosh, I forget who I played against. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I remember who they are, but like, I, I know who they are, but I can't, their name is like escaping me right now on the spot. Um, Put yourself on the spot and forgot their name. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's just like, man, I remember one of their tournament placements, so I'm just going to go back and literally look it up, and then <laughs> that'll literally tell me. What tournament was this from? Uh, oh, Preston Ellis. There we go. Preston, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I played against Preston in a 59-60 card Lost Box Mirror at Sacramento. Um, we were both playing Raymond Long's Zamazenta Kyogre uh, Lost Box, and uh, we had changed one card. I forget what card we changed, but um, I don't know. It's just like a really weird game where both of us had a slow start uh and because we both basically knew the exact 60 cards we were each playing it was just like a really high skill intensive game of pokemon it was just a really enjoyable it was like one of yeah it's like literally like Santa's me it's like one of my favorite matches of pokemon i've ever played we did tie in classic lost box fashion uh where we each won a game and there wasn't enough time in game three <laughs> who was um, gonna the, win game three 
I think I had I was uh, I think I was ahead by a little bit. Um, but game one and game two were just like really interesting, um, for sure. So yeah, that's like the my, the game that stands out to me the most from last year. I'm sure there were some other ones, but that was like most recent. So that one like uh, comes to me recently. Your but top I was eight like match Kyogremir against Grant. Um. Yeah, I guess kind of, but I like didn't play that well on that one, so it was like, I could have played a lot oh, better. Okay, so okay. I did the cool play against him, but like I could have done it sooner and done it more efficiently. So the lost box mirror strats, but yeah, I would say it's that one. Interesting that those like sixty card mirrors. I feel like that's the truth. A lot of time is that those sixty card mirrors become really skillful because everyone knows exactly what you could possibly do the next turn. And well, was, the, the one against Preston was specifically interesting because one of us drew pretty poorly, but still had just enough stuff to make the plays awkward. Sure. Like, I think we both, like, I think I went Zama sent a pass or something, and then he basically did the same thing in game two. And I was like, well, I don't have a good attacker into Zamazenta. And then, like, we both built out of board states with, like, one Comfy. So there was never that much to, like, Sableye for or Greninja for ever, even though there wasn't a Manaphy in play um and it was really it was really interesting and also like pidgeot got involved as well because like, you can't KO pidgeot unless the opponent takes a knockout and has zamazenta like yep yep yeah so it was like things like that but like my games against grants and the 60 card mirror was like we both drew decently so it's like we're both doing the same thing that we're supposed to do supposed to be wanting to do every turn of the game except for i guess the game two against i had against grant but like game one it was like um he drew worse than me worse than me in game one but he was like always behind a step so it was like what are you gonna do but the game against Preston really had uh well me thinking maybe he wasn't thinking that hard like he just knew everything to do it maybe he just knew everything to do in the situation but i was like trying to break everything down and trying to come up with what i had to do and then when he had the slower game in game two it's like all right what is he even what can he even do here but then now what do i have to do now that he has like nothing on his board for me to go after so um yeah we both drew a little bit slower it's just like basically it that, and that's where like the you know the really good players in the pokemon tcg shine it's like when something comes up that you've never seen before right or something unexpected happens how do you how do you tackle that um how well can you tackle it um yeah instead of like the same thing you see every single game in the matchup and you know how to play the matchup and then you're just kind of playing like on uh on repeat just uh instinct at that or not instinct but you're instead of playing on instinct you're playing on what am i thinking of you're sort of repeating what you've normally repeated in a matchup right if you were to explain someone how to play a matchup you're doing that yeah, uh, and, and not doing anything new or fresh or having to come up with something interesting in the moment. Our next one is less about something we have done and more about just something in the community in general. And that is new, our favorite new player on the rise. So someone who is an up and comer, maybe in the past year or someone who uh, has up and become in the past year, you know, like someone who, uh, you know, maybe before a big tournament win or, a big tournament finish wasn't super well known, but now it has become like uh, a stay, a mainstay in the game. Do you have anyone? I think there's kind of two people that stick out here. So I'm interested if you pick one, I'll just pick the other <laughs> one. Who do you think is your favorite uh, new player on the rise this past year? Uh, well, I probably have to give it to, to Grant Shen. There's um, the one that comes to mind though. He hasn't got a dub yet, um, but you Not know. one of the two people I was thinking of, by the way, but that is a oh. good choice. <laughs> yeah, very good at the game. Yes, uh, very humble, very good understanding of the game as well. Like every time I talk to him, um, very humble person in general. So, um, yeah, I'd say Grant Shen. I think like he's gonna get his dub eventually. I know that's something he wants to wants to get eventually, but um, he's had a crazy start to the year too. Yeah, might have to get 
He does definitely needs to like uh, become more comfortable with more decks though, because the Chi and Pao is not as good as it once <laughs> was. Um, but yeah, definitely something to look at moving forward. And as yeah, kind of already like established himself as like one of the top North American players uh, so quickly. It's like his what second season, I guess, as a master now. Yeah. Season yeah, for sure. He's been doing really well this year, and you know, throughout the past year as well. Uh, not one of the two people I thought you were gonna say. The two people that came to my mind. The first one is definitely Andrew Hedrick. Yeah, I had him in mind as well. Yeah, you know, a couple regional wins in this past year. Mm -hmm. You know, he was so he had a top eight at the very start of the twenty twenty three season. Um, had a couple of okay finishes as well, a, a top thirty two in Indianapolis in twenty twenty two. But he really broke out big time in the 2023 season in October, 2022 had the top eight of Peoria and then the obvious two back-to-back -back wins back in yep. February with good old Lugia and uh, has continued to do well, you know, played Lugia played a lot of lost box through the end of the year uh, and still had some really solid finishes, top, top eights. And he won a special event as well. Um, and the other one, I guess Hedrick would be the one I chose. And then the honorable mention would be to Reagan, I think. Oh yeah. That's a good one as well. Yeah. Reagan for sure. Reagan um, feels like less of a, choice for something like this because i think he's someone who we have known for a lot longer because he was dominating in seniors and in juniors and stuff over the past few years yeah uh and then this past year being his first year in masters had an okay start you know got a top 32 finish at laic but then a few top eights at regionals second place to you at ocic and then one ended up getting his win in Fresno to close out the year after having a like this this run of tournaments is nuts, right? <laughs> Second yeah. place, third place, first place. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, Reagan's a good shout for sure. But I did feel like he was already kind of on the map. Yeah. Before he even left seniors. Like he worked with Isaiah Bradner and crew. Um and uh, you know, they were a very notable group. And then yeah, yeah and then was like kind of like the top senior, basically, leaving uh the masters that year as well um or this last season so yeah it felt like he was like uh already like geared up and set up to not only do well but be already like known you know he's not like a breakout player right it's kind of like that's definitely expect, fair, you know it's yeah. like not someone we didn't expect to be doing well it was like he's definitely going to be doing well it's just like how well will he do in his yeah. first year definitely a good point for sure uh next one is favorite deck that you didn't play to a tournament so something that you maybe you know, appreciated the uniqueness of it, but you wouldn't have ever chosen to play it really for an event or something that someone came up with before you had an opportunity to, you have a favorite deck that you didn't play to a tournament throughout this past year. Um, a deck that I didn't play to a tournament that I don't know, I guess is like cool, unique. Um, uh, I guess I would probably give it to rapid strike. Um, I've always really liked rapid strike. I think it's a really cool deck. You can make a lot of cool plays. Um, and uh, uh, set up for some like big late game game plans as well. So I think I would say Rapid Strike is like the the coolest deck, or what was, what was it, the favorite deck? Favorite deck that I didn't play this year. Favorite yeah. deck that you didn't play. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be it. Because like none of the other decks, I like I like playing like all the Pokemon decks, but like I don't regret not playing Roaring Moon at like a tournament last right, year. Right. Right. Like even if Roaring Moon was better, I wouldn't regret not playing Roaring Moon at a tournament last year. I definitely don't regret not playing Lost Tina at a tournament last year, like anything like that. So I think I'd give it to. Uh, rapid strike because rapid strike's pretty cool it's a pretty sick deck and i played some of the other ones as well like i guess lot i would have I definitely said like a lost box deck but i played so much lost box so yeah i think one for me would be the vikavolt deck that was pretty good at the start of last year 
Oh, that's a good one. That deck was yeah. cool. Uh, obviously, I had less tournaments that I would have played anyway. So, I, I mean, I could pick like Lugia for this if I wanted to. But <laughs> and I definitely that. don't wish I played Lugia for a tournament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, thought, I always thought that I played Megable it, deck I was it. really cool. Um, yeah. Watching, what was it? It was Polaris won it, OCIC with it in mm-hmm. seniors. That was a fun match. I casted that one as well. So, uh, that was an exciting game. Um, but yeah, I always liked that deck. Deck was cool. I like games. I like decks like that where some of your matchup, like it feels like, you know, you have like a, a, the deck has like a wide range of way it wins matchups. Like where it's like the Lost Box matchup, you just have to item lock a lot and then hope you can get ahead. But then like your Lugia matchup is like super calculated with trying to get do the, do the freaking Archaeops, was that not an Aerodactyl play? Like you have like a two turn combo that you're trying to execute for some matchups. I don't know. It's just kind of cool when those decks. Um, and you can like use the Aerodactyl against Mew as well. Once again, like yeah. a two tur- two turn combo, go first, turn to Aerodactyl, show off the Genesex, stuff like that, where you have like these these very like specific lines of plays for certain matchups that are like hard set in the first couple turns, but then a lot of your other matchups are just like stack a lot with Vika Vault and then <laughs> go from there. Um, but it's cool when those like you have those those more hardline strategies for some matchups. I was like I always like decks like that. Or I find that kind of strategy interesting when it's included when it when it is in a deck. Next one is favorite new card released in 2023. So the sets that released in 2023 would be what Scarlet. It's all the Scarlet Violet cards, pretty much. Yeah, does that that's literally <clears throat> yeah, we didn't get anything else. Did I think when did Crown Zenith come out? It did, yeah. Crown Zenith did come out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um so yeah, Crown Zenith plus Scarlet Violet cards. What is your favorite new card to come out? It could even be something that hasn't been played yet, but you think like maybe has potential in the future or something like that. Or something that you just think has overall benefited the game because of its existence. Um sheesh, I don't even know. Do you have one for this? Do you have you already if you have already put a little bit of thought into this, you go ahead, because I can't think of one off the top of my head, but I'll try and come up with something here. Yeah, I think mine is Iono, to be honest. Oh, uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Pretty, almost has to... I think kind of a basic choice, but I just think like, especially as you know, most of my enjoyment of the game these days is through watching people play. Yeah. Um, and I think that Iono has made games better because you are not out of a game right away if you get behind where I think like before Iona came out early game tempo was pretty important and it was harder to come back if you if you someone got ahead right um and it's not even just like Iono being played in a game but Iona just existing in the format has you know maybe forced a change in deck building slightly in some aspects I don't know but um I think Iono yeah. is a good choice I guess maybe in like in the same vein that I would say like Countercatcher. It's the same reason. Just like more you tools. You were hype on Countercatcher reprint. Yeah, that's true. I was like more tools for decks who are slower to like have solid lines to make comebacks. It's just like a really, and we've seen that with Countercatcher, right? In the Guardi deck and the Charizard deck. Um, other decks play it as well. We see it like in Lost Zone decks as well and stuff like that. And we'll see it be used a lot moving forward for sure. Well, maybe less so because we're getting <laughs> Prime Catcher. Um, we still gotta wait and see. Do you think we'll get another A spec in the set? They've revealed three of them so far. In this I don't think so. Set. Oh no, we, we we might though, because they're gonna get. I think they're getting another set in March. So they will theoretically have more A specs than that, and then we would get those A specs as well. Maybe I'm mm. trolling with that. But I I'm wonder sure if our are. March or April set, I guess it would be, will be like just March, a yeah. giga massive set. Yeah, it could be. I mean, they've already revealed so much decent stuff that it feels like what else could they even 
what else yeah. is there? But I just have to wait and see. But yeah, I'll go with Countercatcher. I think yeah, that makes sense. Kind of the same, same reasons for sure. Better, better gameplay just leads to better gameplay overall. Not every deck, not every matchup match has to have it in it, but um, it allows for more diverse gameplay for sure. And then our last thing here for 2023 is least favorite deck from the year. Yeah, well, I think mine's pretty easy. It's just Lugia. Oh, uh, I don't think that's Lugia. what a lot of people would have thought you would say. Oh, what do you think I was going to say? Lost Tina. Well, no, I don't have a problem with Lost Tina. I just don't think it's that oh, good. Okay. I <laughs> yeah, I don't like. I don't like. Just like the deck. I just like. It's like if someone asked me how if the deck's good, I'm like, no, nah, the deck's bad. <laughs> like, I don't think the deck's that good. I don't think the deck is bad either. It's just like there's so many other decks you I'd rather play. Said... Like, be- well, but when people you say, just when like, I, I just think the deck is bad. Well, but yeah, I don't but think I say, the deck is bad. When I say bad, <laughs> I just mean like a low tier, lower tier meta deck. Like, I think Roaring Moon is bad. Like. Um, but I put it on my tier list. Like they're both on my tier list. They're both bad decks on my tier list. But when people say, when people hear me say bad, they think, oh my gosh, he hates the deck. Um, and so, but I don't really hate Lost Tina. It's, it's also just super unenjoyable to play. Like even like even Roy Moon's fun to play. Like I enjoy playing more. I just hate playing Lost Tina. It is such a drag to play. Um, but yeah, I would say pre rotation Lugia. It's just, just the whole format was super unfun. The meta never evolved. Like there was just nothing. It was just here for too long. Yeah, it would have it would have been not fun for three months. It was even more not fun for six months. It's one of the worst metas of all time, I think. That and like Vivid Voltage go up there as some of the worst. And those have been both pretty recent in the last three years, right? Yeah. Um, but the, so... ever since rotation new set and stuff like that, I think the game has felt very fun. That's felt a lot better for sure. Yeah, I think we have a little ways to go still. I think we gotta just rotation or two away from hopefully being where like the game. Um, hopefully, like their vision of the game is like fully fully evolved out. For the but game it's like realized hard. potential. Yeah, yeah. I think we're probably a rotation or two away. We'll see what this rotation brings, but I think we might be one more rotation away from it getting to some to a really really good place. We'll see though. We'll see see what this first rotation brings. Um, I think for me, I mean, Lugia is a pretty easy choice for sure. Yeah. I could definitely go that way. <laughs> I'm going to go a little bit of a different route, though. And it's not because I dislike the deck, but it's because the deck has disappointed me so greatly because mm-hmm. I had high hopes for this deck. It was one of the things I was most excited about from the newest set. I played like two games with it right when the set came out and basically have not gone back to it because it just was not that good. And that's Golden Go EX. Ooh. <laughs> It's kind of on the rise right now. That's it is a it little bit on the rise. Up. I haven't played yet with the new list. I will say uh, that's kind of popped up with the Palkia and stuff like that. So I don't that think it's that big of a game a changer. Bit of hope. <laughs> I don't think it's that big of a game changer. I think the deck is still uh, still pretty mid overall. Um, I had higher. I you your high hopes. Like I didn't have high hopes for it, but it made me think that there was a chance. There was never yeah. a chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's still like one of those decks where it's like you know it. It's uh, it's but it is one of those decks where it's like and I like I mentioned this a lot last season until we got Scarlet and Violet I think um, no no until we got Paradox Rift which just like the bad decks were so bad but this set the bad decks are like not that bad from Paradox Rift like the bad decks are fun and they can beat some of the meta decks not enough to make them uh, you know worthy to bring to a tournament if you're trying to win the tournament but like it's fun to play the Golden Goes uh, and and stuff like that and there's been a couple other ones too I can't think of any of them off the top of my head but stuff like the Golden Go. You know, where it's like we were missing that for like two or three sets in a row. Um, Yo, I also just noticed in the corner of Golden Go's card, you know, how it like pictures the Pokemon it can evolve from, right? Yeah. It's got both forms of Gimme Ghoul in it. Oh. There's like two forms of this Pokemon. I don't know if you you even knew that. 
No, but I guess now I realize it because of the two different artworks. There's the chest form and then the roaming form. Yeah. I wonder if someone would like, if it didn't, <laughs> were they afraid of someone like rule sharking someone <laughs> being like, oh no, wait, these are both in the chest. We don't have these are both chest in the form. chest. Yeah. So they just haven't um, given us a card. Of but the there's a new one form yet. There's a new gimme goal coming out. Isn't there? I think there is. Is there? Yeah. yeah. It might be in Paladin Fates. I'm not sure. Um, It might be in the uh, January set though for Japan. No, no, no. It should. I think it's Paladin Fates. I don't think I've, we've seen any like bad cards from japan's new or late or upcoming set i don't think we've seen any bad cards from that we've just seen all like the good it stuff is it's launched. another chest form oh what the heck maybe the non-chest form is gonna be broken <laughs> we're gonna get like a gimme ghoul ex well the non-chest form you can't even get it in the video games hmm. well they the put it in the form, artwork you can on here you go it even says it here on the side on Serebi. you see chest form and then roaming form wait so is it, is it gonna be a dlc thing eventually in the video game well, the roaming form you can get in pokemon go oh but you can only get it in Pokemon Go. There's a lot. There's been some weird stuff like that over the years with like Pokemon just coming out in Pokemon Go. Like I think that's how Meltan initially initially came out. It's in the artwork on. So it, we have it in the TCG. It's just in the. It's in the artwork top left or top left corner on the. Golden yeah, Golden yeah, Gats. yeah. <laughs> it's just hiding in the corner of Golden Go. Pokemon Go has it. The TCG has it. The video game's not going to get no it. No shot. <laughs> no shot. Yeah, that's weird. That's actually interesting. I didn't really ever like look that hard at it. I I thought he I noticed that he was out of the chest, but I didn't know it was two different forms. I thought he was just out of the chest, and there was the chest next to him. Um, but now I know there's two different. Forms. I wonder if we will get one because he's there. You know, it's there so that people can't get rule shark. People are like, nope, it's not in the <laughs> chest. You can't evolve from that one. And like, actually, if you look in the top left corner, of my golden go. He's out of the chest. In the <laughs> evolution. Arm. This is a totally legal play. <laughs> Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, and even like other Pokemon too. So like, look at uh, Wormadam. It's got all three Burmies in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I never even really noticed that. I was just kind of thinking, like, what are some other Pokemon like Saucebuck? Or what about what is Saucebuck evolve for? Or Vavilion? Or Vavilion? Oh no, no, dude! You could rule shark someone so hard on the Saucebuck if they evolve from the 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 Winter Deer. And there... it's like they evolve it into this one, and you're like, "Oh wait, nope, that's a that's the the spring deer. Can't <laughs> yep. do that." There we go. <laughs> Got to make sure you match your deers with the sawsbuck you're playing your sawsbuck deck. <laughs> you're gonna get also, rules the, sharked. The autumn one has never had a TCG card. It looks like so you just can't evolve into that sawsbuck. They literally printed a card that you can't evolve into. That's crazy. Yeah, crazy. Oh no, there we go. There is it. There it is, right there. No, there's no autumn one. Is it, was it the not autumn one? Is one? like uh, orange, I think. Oh. Is that the what it was in the artwork? Oh, the artwork had the pink one. So they no, have a no. dearling for every sauce buck, right? Or no, I'm trolling. Huh? They have a dearling for every sauce buck currently? Yes, printed? yes, that's correct. Here's the autumn oh. dearling, which is not here. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe someday. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we can move on to our next topic here. Speaking of, you know, our 2023 year in review. This is a uh, poll that just came out right at the end of 2023. Not really a poll, I guess, just a list. This is from a website in Japan. There was a poll done. There was a poll done in Japan of people's favorite Pokemon. And over 150,000 people uh, responded to this poll, by the way. Um, so that's, that's a lot of people, you know. And... Some kind of a surprise 
choices i think here in this one of what the top pokemon are and some surprises i think as well of like where some normally expected popular pokemon end up ranking so uh i'm gonna take this i'm gonna scroll all the way down and we're gonna work our way up because uh, i don't think you've seen all of this right no so we're gonna start down at the bottom and work our way up and talk about where some of these rank first off right off the bat 98th place or tied for 98th place Rayquaza they did my boy dirty man how is Rayquaza <laughs> all the way down at 98 and how is something like uh Esper up above it what yeah it's down there by Quaxley <laughs> he's a chilling with Quaxley how is how is this fair yeah I was about to ask if this was like um this literally is just like all the Pokemon like what is what is everyone's favorite Pokemon yeah, I think so. Yeah. Is what I mean. I they have they have Rayquaza here, so it's like all of them, all of them. And I think this is out of one hundred and fifty thousand people or whatever. This is how many people voted for these respective Pokemon. I'm pretty sure is what this means. I mean, this website is in Japanese, but making an estimated guess here. That seems reasonable to me. Yeah, uh, and, and Mew's then, also down here a ways too. I feel like Mew's usually pretty popular. Yeah, there's some the weird OG ones Pokemon. here. I feel like it's normally pretty high up there. Chi Isn't that Glamora making Glamora? the list. Huh? Is that one Glamora there on the left? Yeah, Glamora. Yeah, how is that on this? How is that in the top hundred? Whose favorite Pokemon is that, bro? <laughs> 443 people, man. The Glamora stands rolled up. <laughs> like <laughs> 443 people out of what is that? Out of 150,000. That's 0.2%, man. 0.3%. Like, I think it's reasonable that 0.3% of people, their favorite Pokemon. No, that's, be that's, any literally, Pokemon, that's literally all of the uh, Glamora fans ever like that. They all voted on this poll. There's just no way like in the whole world. There's no way. <laughs> Azul's a Glamora more. hater. There's oh, here's no a question, way. though. Do you think what's that guy that you like from the new generation? Shrudel? You think Shrudel's going to be on the list? I would hope if Glamora's on the list that Shrudel made the list. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll have there. There. That's yeah. That one's wild. The Glamora one is wild. Unless there's like something in the video games. Is there something in the video games that makes it. It is the ace Pokemon of the champion in Paldea. Okay, see, I didn't know about that. There is some more lore to Glamora. Yeah. I don't know. It's 443. It's just such a weird-looking Pokemon. Let's keep it rolling here. We got Frostlass, Intellion, uh, Cyndaquil, Latios, Alolan Vulpix, uh, Chinchino, and Snivy, 85 through 91. The Chinchino pick is a little interesting, I feel like. The rest of these kind of I can see being like in this range, though. Yeah, I mean, they all kind of fit for me, like. Some of them are cool, like Inteleon, and then the rest of like Latios is kind of a classic and the other ones. I mean, like Frostlass, I don't know who likes Frostlass, but <clears throat> maybe that's like a go to. Have you ever seen this Pokemon? How about Socha? Oh, wait, no, that's <laughs> the Japanese. Like, that's a Japanese. Oh, <laughs> I haven't oh, read oh, that. I, I... <laughs> You were reading what is this that? here on the page. Yeah, I was okay. reading that. I was like, I was like that because I've never seen it before. So I just thought that name was what it was named, what its name was. But no, that's still that's what its name is in uh, Japanese, I assume. What's it called? Sineschi, Sinestia. Oh, we have we just like never that. got this Pokemon. In it's just card? not out yet. It's from the DLC of the video game. Oh, it's like a Wait, does it Pokemon. evolve from Sinesti? No, it's like a regional variant. Mm, okay. Uh, party? Dang it, what is it called? Return of Mad Party. Uh, hang on, I'm gonna find it. Poltergeist, 
and Sinistra. Sinistra, that's what it's called. Sinistra. <clears throat> What's a newer yeah, Pokemon? So, like, the newer Pokemon being up higher up on here kind of makes sense. Like, there's Roaring Moon there as well. Recency bias, right? Yeah, some re- there's going to be some recency bias for sure. I think there is a TCG a card Pokemon? that got revealed of this guy, by the way. I don't think so. I haven't seen it. I'm pretty sure. Would it be in Paldean Fates, then? It would be a Fates card. It wouldn't be one of the... It definitely isn't for uh, the other one. Yeah, it's definitely oh, a Fates yeah, card. it looks like it hasn't. I might be... Capping. Misremembering. I guess I am. Did you put the classic Kizzy Cap? And this has a different uh, pre-evolve, so it's not Sinistee. It's Poltergeist. <laughs> Macha Pokemon. Bro, I don't know if I like or do not like matcha. Have you ever had anything with matcha? The matcha no. flavor? I have, but like if I'm thinking about it right now, I couldn't tell you if I like it or I dislike it. I've had many things with matcha flavor before. But I guess if it doesn't stand out to me, I can't like it that much. I maybe just don't hate it or don't dislike it. I feel it. like if you don't know, you don't like it, you know? Like, if you like something, you know that you like it. Well, I don't think I dislike it. Though. So, yeah, it's just well, that's neutral. fine. Yeah, it's just, like, neutral then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, if it's there, I'll probably... It's like... Equally if I have it again, as well, you know, if if you don't like something, you know you don't like it, you know? That's what I'm saying. So it's just neutral. I just don't care. So it's like one of those things where, like, if it's around, like, I'm not going to go out of way to get matcha. But if someone's like, you want some matcha something, I'll be like, yeah, sure, probably. Why not? We've got Roaring Moon here tied at 78th with Litwick. Two totally equal on par Pokemon with one another. Roaring I mean, Moon Litwick. and Litwick. I like Litwick more than Roaring Moon. What, dude? Roaring what? Moon Litwick's, is so sick. Litwick's chill. We've got Vaporeon. Yeah, this makes more sense. Like these. Look, look at the, the translation for Alolan Ninetales, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that its name? <laughs> Google Translate on this website <laughs> made it Alolan Cucumber. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's good. That's funny. <laughs> Oh my gosh! What was I saying? Oh yeah, these most of these here kind of make sense to me. They're older gen, the Titar, the Ampharos, and then like you have. I mean, uh, people like the Alolan Pokemon or the Alolan Ninetales. Yeah, there. Yeah. Ninetales and Voltex being here doesn't surprise me really at all. Yeah, Psyduck, Snorlax. Snorlax is one of my favorites. Uh, Lilligant making its way up here. I mean, I guess we're still pretty low on the list, right? But yeah, you know, there's stuff that. You know, there's over a thousand Pokemon now, so there's definitely stuff that is there really did not make the cut, dude. How yeah. do you not know that? There's a lot of them. I don't know exactly how many. <laughs> it was a big deal when Golden Go released because Golden Go was Pokedex Pokemon number one thousand. Oh, okay. What are we at? Thousand and like I think it's in the ten fifties, maybe. Okay. Yeah. How many Pokemon are there? There are 1,017 Pokemon officially registered on the National Pokedex. 1,017. We've got Blaziken up here. That makes sense. Have you ever seen this Pokemon, by the way? It's another Apple. Isn't there like as many something? There's as many Apple forms as something. What other? What is that high form of Pokemon? It's Hydrapple, I think. Right, so we've never got, we haven't got Hydrapple yet, though, in a card form. But they don't give no, us everything like very in card new. form, do they? Oh, okay, so this is one of the new DLC things. Yeah, it's from Probably. the newest DLC as well. Oh, see, look, it's Pokemon number 1019, so that okay. number I just gave you is out of date. <laughs> and they're already coming up with more. What the heck? They're just kind of making them up at this point, it feels like. 
dude what are you talking about they're literally all made up it is it is all a fictitious universe bro Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's what they all say (laughs) it has a pre-evolved form too of uh what's it called oh it's one of applin's final forms so applin evolves to this dude the applin line is so confusing now final forms so applin can evolve into either flapple or appleton and those are final evolution forms okay but so it's hydrapple right but now it can evolve also into diplin applin can evolve into diplin and then diplin evolves diplin's a stage one diplin evolves into hydrapple dude just so just invent some new pokemon you don't have to make it this complicated just come with a different apple pokemon apple pie final evolved stage ones and a final evolution of a stage two and a stage one that's not a final evolution that's a little too confusing (laughs) what is the state the driplin is not the final evolution diplin is diplin that's just how you get the hydraplin yes diplin is the stepping stone to hide hi hydraplin is that what you just called it hydrapple Hydrapple. They could make a pretty sick line in the TCG where like you have all those options. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, the ones we have no, right no, now are no. gonna rotate, but this one can only evolve from Diplin, though. Yeah, of course. But like Applin can evolve to Diplin or the other evolutions. You have okay. like three different stage one lines to work with, and then you could rare candy Applin to Hydrapple. Um, there could definitely be something cool. Yeah, so there could be like a really sick Apple line uh in one of the set releases or like over a couple set releases we're about to rotate out of some of the current apples right or maybe are we keeping these for a little while i think we we are gonna lose the good ones yeah so they have to come out with new ones but that would be that that could be interesting that'd be like a pretty cool thing that they could uh make a deck around yeah these two have both been okay i mean they're both like i I shouldn't say okay these are both cards that have existed that (laughs) you know (laughs) someone could have played theoretically at some point yeah they were zoro box cards that and Zoro Box is bad, so it's like, yeah. If you're a Zoro Box card, it depends how good Zoro Box is, and it wasn't good. All right, this one has to just be on here for recency bias, by the way. Fido. Well, it's like one of the, like the new cute Pokemon, right? Sure. Plus recency bias. Yeah. yeah. Let's keep you got going some here to get through. Yeah. Some you know old classics: Arcanine, Jirachi, Golden Go making an appearance. I think that makes sense. Yeah, Screamtail being up here as well doesn't like surprise me too much. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense because it's like a new form of an old Pokemon, right? Yeah, I bet Clefairy will be up here higher as well. Yeah, we got yeah, a bunch of old ones in this one. Yeah, Lapras, Ditto. Ditto is kind of a cop out answer because Ditto is every Pokemon, you know. Metamon. So Ditto, if he's your favorite, you know, everyone's your favorite. Dude, what mm-hmm. is the? How did the bird make its way up here? That bird is so ugly. Quaquavel. Yeah, Quaquavel. Quaquavel. Winnival. You're not a fan of no. <laughs> Have you ever seen his animation in the video game? No, it's worth oh, seeing. Dude. <laughs> you a big fan of it? No, but you just need to see it. All right, all right, show it to me. Let's do animation. It. Here we go. Okay, I'm gonna mute this. Here, here's what it does in the video game. <laughs> Maybe you have. No, I don't think so. Look, dude. Oh. dude. Oh. just delete this pokemon man (laughs) bro what he's vibing nah he's just living his best life and as well says delete reuniclus is get us back under a thousand we could come up with like 20 pokemon to lead to get us back under a thousand we're not ready for a thousand yet 
<laughs> well, I feel like one of the Pokemon we could delete would definitely be Re Reuniclus. Oh, I like Reuniclus. You actually know, I I, I, I need to get used to saying its name correctly, but that is not how you say his name. We say it. Oh, well, you told me this. Reuniclus. Reuniclus. Because yeah. it is a unique Re Pokemon. Yeah, okay. Not some of the... Reunucleus uh, re or something like that. That's how I thought it was at first whenever they told me, like, the way we say it is not right, but... Reuniclus. All right, we've got Superior Chimpal being up here. New Pokemon, a cool legendary, all that. Yeah, nothing surprising. Oh, these are yeah, none of these are surprising. Maybe for it a little. I guess bit. Pikachu's maybe a little low to be honest. I guess that'd be the. That only is thing. true. Pikachu being at thirty eight, the mascot of the franchise. Also, Dragonite, you could say, is a little low at thirty seven. Yeah, I feel like Dragonite should be higher than Pikachu though, so that kind of makes sense. I mean, I would be. I said be more surprised because Pikachu's like everyone's just tired of Pikachu, bro. He's literally everywhere. He's on everything, like. <laughs> He just needs to chill out. Why would I you have one like, rat when you could have four with a narwhal rat? <laughs> well, one of the measures should be just like what is more popular than it. So like the fact that uh yeah. Palmot is more popular than Pikachu. It's kind of a cooler like, Pikachu. He looks like Pikachu's like um it's like the angsty teen it looks like no, the dude, teen version Pokemon, of Pikachu. This looks like the adventure time version of Pikachu. That's what this Pokemon looks like. <laughs> Actually, yeah, it does kind of look like that. <laughs> this this is Cartoon Network Pikachu. <laughs> Did you see the, the name translation for uh Tandem Mouse? Narwhal rat. Narwhal rat. <laughs> Dude, the name translations on these is like the funny this is the best part about this. We could do a it. full segment on bad Google Translate of Pokemon names. <laughs> Narwhal rat. Uh, up here we've got right. charizard at 23 that's kind of low that's got to be pretty low charizard is my favorite karidon dude karidon is terrible i hate karidon <laughs> you don't like karidon no i mean i don't like Rhydon either but i mean i think it makes sense that the cover legendaries of the newest game would be pretty high up on the list you know yeah yeah that does make sense that they're up here for sure tatsugiri being up here at 26 Luxray is pretty high and Hydreigon, mm -hmm. but I think that makes sense. Cool. Fluttermane being pretty high up here. We've got Dragapult at 21. All right. Do you know what this Pokemon's name is? I mean, it's the moth Pokemon in a different form, right? I have no idea. I have no idea what his name is. It, it's not. It is a Paradox version of. Oh, it's uh, Fluttermane. Bro, this is oh, Flutterman. That's Flutterman. It's, uh, this is a paradox remember. version of Volcarona. It's I don't remember. I know the card. What the card does, though. But no, don't you don't. Yeah, it's when it goes from the bench to the active. It gets fire and drops the other Pokemon. That is. Is that different... this? This is Slitherwing. Oh no, it's not. No, it's not. That's you're thinking of. Uh, oh, what am I thinking of? You're thinking of Iron Moth. Oh yeah. So Volcarona oh. has two paradox forms. Oh, well, that's why I think that, because it's literally, they're both, okay, yeah, they look they're the same. Both <laughs> they're this both Volcarona. They're both Volcarona. Okay. This is the ancient one. I've never really looked at the Slytherin card before. Like, yeah, I didn't notice that was a moth. I thought it was like a snake. That It's it's literally Volcarona. Yeah, yeah but if you actually look at the artwork, I've never actually like looked at the artwork. <laughs> it is always funny. Like, I feel like this happens pretty frequently for TCG players, like people who only play the TCG like when they see what the Pokemon looks like actually animated, like in a 3D space, yeah. it looks totally different than what they picture it because they look at the card text first and then the picture second. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes not even at the picture at all. 
I literally like literally I've never like looked at that image before. I always thought it was like some weird snake. Um, but then when you look at it, it literally is just the moth. <laughs> like literally, but I've never actually like looked at it before. All right. This one I do have to say is kind of shocking. Al Creamy is top 20. Top yeah. 20 most popular Pokemon. Al Creamy, what? Recency bias. Recent it's not even that new. It's like 2019. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I mean, I'm not an Al Creamy fan, personally. But my whip. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's <laughs> bad Google Translate name is my whip. <laughs> so we've got 18 Flygon, mm -hmm. 17 Sprigatito, 16 Garchomp, and 15 Glaceon. Yep. If anything, That's that feels a little high maybe for Glaceon. Yeah, I guess. Like Sprigatito's like the cute starter Pokemon, so all those recency those bias as well. Recency bias, yeah. All right, let's move on to number 10 through, or what is this? Oh, 14 through 8. Okay, so Wait, we got... Is Palmo the stage one? Yes. Okay. No, it's, it's Palmy. This is Palmy. Oh, what's well, so Palmo on the... It, yeah, that's bad Google Translate. Okay. <laughs> that's Palmy. So all places is kind of cool, though. Wait. That's the... Well, whatever Wait, maybe this is... I think that's Palmy, yeah. That's definitely Palmy. I have no clue. There's Palmy, Pomo, Palmot. Yeah. yeah, that's Palmy. Yeah, yeah, Pomo is the middle one. Yeah, here it is. I'm just calling them by their names on the Google Translate. <laughs> I just call them one. What I call it, Sawblade. That's a cool name, though. Saw Sawblade. Blaze. That's so we got Seruledge here at 13. There's another one of the mask ones up here. There's two of these in the top hundred. So there's we've got Umbreon at 12. I think. Usually, a lot of people think of this as the most popular evolution. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, there might be another one on this list, though. We'll scroll up and see. We've right got now. Ogre Pawn at 11. Another new Pokemon, new Legendary. Gardevoir at number 10. Definitely a popular choice. Gengar at number 9. Makes sense. That's a classic. And then Claude Sire at number 8. <laughs> Claude I mean, people Sire. Like, people are big fans of uh, Quagsire. Yeah, but this bias. isn't Quagsire. This is Quagsire. Rec recency bias. Recency bias. It's the same guy. He's just brown. Like, <laughs> it's literally the exact same guy. It's just recency bias. If this was right. if Quagsire came out on this, this one, it would just be like, let's get the Claude in there. All right, top so this eight. This is going to be the top seven here. I'm going to scroll up, and we're going to see the top seven. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's see what we got up here. All right, number seven, Mimikyu. Six, Lucario. Number five is... Tinkaton. What? There's another evolution. Is the most popular evolution, and that is Sylveon. Number three is this has to just be the most surprising thing on the entire list, I think. <laughs> Number three is Chandelure. That one the is the most popular Pokemon. Yeah, that one's I mean, that one's kind of weird. I mean, Tinkaton's weird for me as well. I guess evolution being up here is whatever. Lucario, old school. But over some of the other old school ones seems a little off. Mimikyu is also like a pretty chill Pokemon that a lot of people like. Um, but then also number one even is is uh, kind of off-putting. Yeah, so number two we've got uh, Fue Coco, my boy Fue Coco. Definitely the best starter of the new generation. I agree, I agree. And then we've got Meowscarada as the number one most popular favorite Pokemon. That just feels so weird. Who who cares about Meowscarada? <laughs> like, I guess I didn't play the video game though. Like, I don't know, like, it, like, yeah. Azul, you this, know, bro. This is his favorite, this is like favorite Azul, Pokemon. you know. 
favorite Pokemon, not like uh favorite Pokemon. Like it's not just trading card game players. So I feel like that probably influences a little bit. And this is also, uh, I would imagine, there are some diehard TCG Miyazaki fans. I would imagine this is all Japanese uh, people as well because this is. Uh, I feel like the Japanese Pokemon fan base is less. Um, Maybe not less tied to. I don't know if that's the right word, but they're like more recency bias. Well, they're they're we're I think like American or like Western Pokemon fans are mostly tied to the classics, like the nostalgia. Whereas Japanese yeah. Pokemon fans are more like enjoying the new stuff still, right? And that's why we think we see things like Ogre Pond so high and Meowskarada, Foycoco. Like I think if you took this poll in America, the top choices is just like charizard pikachu mewtwo by the way mewtwo not even on this list mewtwo not in the top 100 yeah not big mewtwo fans he's pretty sick though that is yeah sick. that's another one and like you have there was no like charmander like you said but there's like foy coco up there at the top no charmander on the list at all in the top 100 i guess i guess they said there's like 150 or is it every pokemon ever but we only see the top 100 yeah we're only um, seeing the top 100 here yeah so in the top hundred, no Charmander, but they have something like the Foyko. But Foyko goes pretty sick, so I'm not complaining to be honest. But it is a little bit of a surprise for sure. The last time I saw anything like this, I think I mentioned on an episode like pretty recently, there was like a poll done on Reddit a while ago, and like the number one Pokemon was Gengar, number two was Charizard, and it's just like, yeah, that, yeah, exactly like, what I would expect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that was a long. I don't know. That was a couple of years ago now, though. But I think it was a pretty big poll that ended up being a pretty big poll. It got like you know, it was on front page of Reddit and all that stuff. So a lot of votes. I don't know how many votes, but. Um, yeah, the the top ten. When I, I remember looking at, it, I'd be like, yeah, this is just like all the top Pokemon, most people's favorites. Yep, all the classics. But that, yeah, but that list I read there, there was some interesting. It'd be cool to like do that, like a worldwide, like a Pokemon put out a poll on their website for favorite Pokemon. That'd be pretty cool to see the results of that. To be honest, actually, yeah, see what people's uh, see what is like the most the, the favorite the most the loved pokemon most loved pokemon yeah i was trying to think of what the heck they say there i knew what i wanted to say and what the what but yeah the most loved pokemon uh in uh in the in the pokemon of pokemon for pokemon well we can move on to our next segment but before we do we of course need to take a second to thank our amazing sponsor dragon shield for their support here on the uncommon energy podcast of course dragon shield makes some of the best card gaming and tabletop gaming products and accessories on the market including sleeves binders deck boxes and so much more lots of variety in their sleeves of course as well we do have a new promo code and the link to that is all in the description azul you ready to rock some dragon shields this weekend yep yep i already picked out a couple pairs i know i got a tangerine in there i'm not sure what else i'm bringing bringing uh or four boxes just in case you need to hit him with a re-sleeve um but yeah huge shout out to dragon shield as always for being a sponsor of the podcast like chip said check out the link in the description dragonshield.com use our code uepod to get five percent off and uh support us while doing so yeah use the same sleeves that we choose to use uh because even if we weren't sponsored these are the sleeves we would both be using so yeah, yeah. we do um yeah, these have been my go-tos for years and years, Azul's as well. So definitely pick you up a set or two and use that code UEPOD to get yourself 5% off and show us a little bit of extra support as well. Get yourself some sleeves. Show some love over there, dragonshield.com. 
With that being said, it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the podcast, Guess That Flavor Text, where each week Azul or I picks a card, reads the flavor text, and then the other host has to try to guess which Pokemon is featured on that card based on the flavor text that they were read. And then, of course, you do have a couple of lifelines to work with as well uh, to try to help you out, help you figure out which Pokemon that is. The lifelines are what set the card is from, what stage the card is, and read an attack name. If you get it right without using any lifelines, you get four points. And for each lifeline you have to use, you lose a point. I've got a card picked out for Azul. And I've got to admit it, Azul, no holding back this week. I don't think there's All any right. shot you get this one. <laughs> I'm trying to keep my lead, bro. All right. Sounds good, Chip. Well, hit me with it. Let's see if I can maybe get at least one point. This one. Maybe I'll surprise you with uh, my pokey knowledge. Let's see it. Let's see it. All right. The shock waves from its cries can tip over trucks. It stamps its feet to power up. Oh boy, the shock waves from its cries. So, like some kind of sonic Pokemon. What does that even mean? Is it like a psychic type then? Or I'm trying to think of like, I'm trying to like, all right, give it to me one more time. I'm trying to piece some stuff together here. The shock waves from its cries can tip over trucks. It stamps its feet to power up. So I'm going to guess it's like a Pokemon on four legs. Um, I'm trying to think of a Pokemon that like... I got nothing. I got very little here to work with. So I guess I have to use some lifelines here. So I'm going to be able to get to this one. So what set is the uh, card from? It is from Diamond Pearl Great Encounters. Diamond Pearl Great Encounters is an old one. That helps me a little bit. There's not those sets are not as big. There's just like less Pokemon back in there in back in the day in general. Um, I'm, for some reason I'm thinking about Skuntank, but I don't think that's correct. I don't think Skuntank is letting out any kind of sonic cries. So what's well. I really don't have anything on the stage either because I could see this being like a stage one or a stage two. I feel like usually sometimes the, the flavor text gives away that it's a basic, but mm -hmm. I guess it's theoretically could be any of them. So it's, oh, hold on. <sighs> Great encounters. All right, yeah, go ahead. Give me the stage of the card. It is a stage one. Okay. So I'm not giving me a whole ton to work with. Oh, this one is still tough. I think I'm going to need an attack name as well. All right, this attack name might help you a little bit. Right. Base control. Base. Oh, I know what it is. It is uh, the stage one of Exploud. Um, actually, it might be Exploud. Exploud the... I don't know which one it is. Whatever the stage one is of the, uh, the Pokemon with the ears of speakers. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's uh the ba the baby is I don't remember what it looks like. What is it? It's the 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 final stage is Exploud and then it's what is the stage 1? What's it called? I don't know, bro. <laughs> Dude, well, I know what the Pokémon is. Oh my gosh, this is just the classic Azul situation. What is the Exploud? Thinks he knows what it is. Wow, Loudred, Loudred, Loudred. Huh? Loudred? 
it is Laudrin. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I could have given yeah. you Stomp, and I think you'd never Ooh. get it if I give you Stomp. But had to throw you a little bone there. I picked a hard one. Yeah, the base You were control. able to narrow it down. Well done, well done. I don't even know if that made the difference. I don't know what clicked for me. As I think it maybe just clicked eventually. Um, show me what the explode looks like. I forget what the explode looks like from my set. Yeah, I don't know if the base control actually made a difference. Maybe it did. It definitely seems like it probably could have. But something clicked. Like, it was, I don't know if it was just the time. Um, yeah, I well, yeah, I remember this one. I remember what it looks like. Explode is a like. funky looking Pokemon, man. Yeah, definitely. Uh, oh, I thought I thought explode also had like the the ears that had the speakers, but I guess not. No, that's just Loudred. Oh, okay. So I literally had Loudred in my mind as the stage two. Um, this is a remember. funky looking dude, man. What's the basic called? Wismer. Oh, but of course, Wismer. How could I forget? What a dude. <laughs> <laughs> Wismer really has like a glow up uh, situation <laughs> going on. Definitely like for sure. You know, uh, has a switch up for sure from its its early days. Well, good job, Azul. You earn yourself one point. You can start Oof. to catch up a little there we go. bit. Only behind by five now. We're making moves. Yeah, well done. And the first time one of us has gotten a point in like it's been a two while. months or something like that. So yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. It's definitely been a while. Congratulations. <laughs> it's definitely good, though, that we're... You know, I mean, we'll see what you could, what you'll be able to do next week. Maybe it'll be a still, a still a dry spell for you. No points for you. We'll see though. We'll see what you can do. All right, and from there we can move on to our final topic this week. Of course, the Portland Regional Championships coming up this weekend. We have not had that much like competitive Pokemon talk this episode. I feel like. I mean, I guess like the first section you could kind of count as competitive Pokemon talk, but more just reminiscing than anything. But yeah, let's get into it and talk about where the meta is and what we expect to do well this coming weekend. We can start off by looking at the day one meta breakdown from San Antonio and maybe what some of the differences we expect to see are going to be uh, this coming week. So Charizard, 18%, Maridon 17 and then a bunch of 8%ers. We've got the Mew VMAX yeah. at 8.8, Gardevoir, 8.5, Lost Zone Box, 8.2, and Lost Zone Giratina, 8.1, day one meta shares in San Antonio. Yeah, so I, I mean, I just think 18 and 17 is kind of insane numbers. I think the biggest thing about that is like Charizard and Maridon were the two most popular decks for a little while. Um, and after LAIC, immediately it kind of made sense, right? Uh, but like Maridon continuance, its uh, play rate when Charizard is the most popular deck alongside it kind of doesn't make any sense to me. Like what, how is this deck, is Maridon going to be as popular as it is when it's unfavored against Charizard? It's not even like one of those like slightly unfavored. It's like solidly unfavored against Charizard. Yeah. If you go against Charizard and you're like, damn, I wish I'd hit anything else in the room, right? So that kind of doesn't make any sense to me that Marino is so popular. So I feel like Marino's got to come down, right? Maybe I, I Charizard being at 18 is still really high. So I feel like they both have to come down, but I think Marino's going to come down to like 12%. You want to know what my crazy prediction the, is for this weekend? What? That Marino's going to be the most popular deck? No. Charizard 20%. <sighs> Dude, I, that's just. I mean, That's I think what the deck I is think. solid. Charizard, I don't think the deck 20%. is that good, though. Like, I don't think the deck is that much better than everything else to be, like, 20% of the meta. That seems kind of unhinged to me. But, I mean, it is a good, solid deck. And I think it is a little bit more, um, <clears throat> like, I guess more casual player-friendly than something like a Gardevoir, like a Lost Tina, like a Lost Box. 
Um, and then you're not losing to the most popular deck in the room. If like, because Maraidon also kind of fits that criteria as well. Um, it fits that criteria as well, but you're not losing to the most popular deck in the room if you play Charizard because it is the most popular deck in the room. Twenty's a lot though. That would be we haven't seen a twenty percent deck in a while, right? And since the Lugia days, yeah, yeah, since Lugia. I don't know if I. Oh, what about Worlds? But Worlds is kind of an anomaly. But I think day two of Worlds wasn't like something was twenty percent day two of Worlds. I don't think so. I thought I remember something. Maybe it was day one of Worlds. I thought we had some a twenty, weirdly in day day one or day two of Worlds. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't have it that far back right here handy. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. But something like Lugia and Mew were both very popular one day or the other. I think Lugia was super popular day one. I guess um, we could look on Limitless real quick, but um, oh, we could at least say day see day two, or do they have yeah. the day one breakdown as well. On no, I think they just have day two. Mm. Okay, we could take a look at that though. I guess yeah, day two lost zone box eighteen percent. That's what it was. I knew there was something up there, but not okay. Not quite the twenty. Um, and then day one, I think Lugia was pretty high as well. Lugia, yeah, but nothing broke one. twenty. Nothing broke twenty. Okay, okay. I don't um, think at least, but I could be wrong. But anyway, yeah, that's kind of my bold prediction for this weekend is that and honestly, maybe it won't be this weekend. Maybe if Charlotte was first. I think part of why this uh Charizard was so high, maybe this is something to consider as well, is that because the tournament itself was so large, and there's definitely a reasonable percentage of people who are playing in the tournament who like are just picking up whatever like the quote-unquote best or easiest or strongest yeah. pokemon deck is right so to play for that... their like one pokemon tournament of the year so like that probably had some sort of impact for san antonio right so, like there's a decent percentage of the room that just like picked up one of those two decks because they're like the two decks that people are playing whenever they're picking up the game i guess that'd be the question does like the amount of more casual players scale higher with the tournament's um size so like let's say usually the, the percentage of players that exist in a tournament at a thousand players is let's say 50 percent. but when you get to two thousand players it goes to like 60 percent. is that how that works that maybe that kind of that kind of makes sense yeah um so then that would cause like decks like the charger like the Mariah to be more popular um so then for portland we're coming down by what like 500 or 700 players roughly uh, maybe even more than that and then Charlotte, um, we're shooting way back up to even bigger than San Antonio. Yeah, so maybe maybe Charlotte would be a good tell if that is like kind of true. Well, or no, not. no, no. Portland isn't going to be that much. Portland's like still fourteen hundred or something like that, isn't it? Uh, let me check. Because San Antonio was nineteen hundred masters. Portland okay, so is probably like so it'll be like five hundred. Well, there's like there's nineteen hundred players registered for Portland right now, but you have the no shows, the soon the seniors, the juniors. Yeah, so it's probably like, like fifteen hundred masters. Okay, yeah. So we'll have like, yeah, 400, yeah, 400 players or something like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I guess what wonder where the breaking point is, I guess, as well for those potential numbers. But I guess with Charlotte will be a good tell of that. If it's just like kind of a weird fluke meta because like, it's just like Marina is probably more hyped up than it should be with how popular, obviously popular Charizard is. Yeah, maybe it's more of a fluke than anything. Uh, but Charlotte, I guess, will be a good tell for that. Um, and then like, if you look at the rest of the decks here, Neither of the Lost Box decks are ones that you would, like, recommend to new people just starting, right? They're not, like, super easy to just pick up and play. Gardevoir is also probably not super easy to just pick up and play. And then Mew has a terrible matchup to the best deck in the room, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense that these are the two most popular, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Especially, like I said, like, for the more casual player base to trying to show up with a 
a deck that they can learn uh, and play their best with. Those are like the top two to go with for sure. Um, so if people are using your Charizard deck as a reference from San Antonio and they're planning to play Charizard this weekend or in Charlotte even in a couple of weeks, um, what are the things from this list that you won with? Because this is, I think, where a lot of people are going to start looking when they're building their decks. Uh, where are the, What are the cards that you think that someone might have a tendency to want to pull out that you would say, no, this 100% has to stay? <laughs> And what are the cards that you think um, are worth considering including for where the meta is right uh, now? What would people take out? I don't know. Maybe <clears throat> going to like no level ball. Definitely don't do that. Um, at least play one level ball. You can do like one level one Ness if you really want to. That might even be better. But definitely don't go to zero level ball. That's bad. Uh, don't cut an Iono. Three Iono I think is, is really, yeah. really good. I think that's one where a lot of people are making cuts. Like they go into yeah. the supporters. Don't cut a boss, but you could cut a counter catcher. Um, the research, I think, is kind of flexible, but you probably want to keep it that or a fourth Iono. Sure. Uh, probably just want to keep it as a research. Just having the potential to have the aggressive draw supporters nice sometimes. Um, and then I guess for the tool cards, you definitely want to play some tech for the Charizard matchup. There was like the TM Devo popped up a lot in Japan. All the Charizard lists in Japan had TM Devo, um, which is a good a good card in Mirror and probably better than Justify Gloves. So you could cut the Justify Gloves for that. And then the question is, should it be Vitality Ban or Defiance Ban after that? I'm actually not too sure. I'm kind of under tested with that. Um, and then what about yeah, this? Uh, the tool jammer is. I don't know how, if it if it does solve your rapid strike matchup, then it's good. But if it's just kind of like it's okay against rapid strike decks that mess up or kind of don't know you have it, but even then they should still be all probably be able to get around it. Then it's probably not great. I'm just under. I don't know if it does enough because they have escape rope, so they can just go TMD escape rope off Arvin off Luminian. Right. So like they can yeah. literally just be like, okay, that's cool. Some people played like two tool jammer at San Antonio. I think two tool jammer is terrible. That's just like not worth it. Too much. Um, I think the Serena is probably better. The Radiant Serena is probably better at that point, to be honest. But um, I don't know if that's how much if that's better than the one tool jammer, if the Radiant Serena is better than the one tool jammer, but I definitely wouldn't play the two tool jammer. That's too much space for one matchup. It's like and they're like okay against Marina as well, because it's just off Bravery Charm, but you're already really favored in that matchup, and you still already want to play two lost vacuum because it's searchable off Arvin for like the lost Tina matchup for paths. So um, I don't think it's like a real good reason to play tool jammers. Oh, it's good against Mariah. Shuts off the Bravery Charm. It's like, yeah, but we're still playing two vacuum. Like if we can't figure it out with two vacuum, that shouldn't be a reason why we include tool jammer. So, um, so yeah, it just depends if like, if the one tool jammer is enough, then I would say it's probably a reasonable consideration for sure. Um, but yeah, I think it's all the, basically most of them. I can't think of like anything else that's like super stand out. Um, for sure. And then I think the other thing to talk about with these top decks is with Maridon. Which way do you think people should go? Should people play the penny list that we saw from Nick Robinson get top eight in Penny? San Antonio? What did I say? Penny? Penny, yeah. P and E list, excuse me. We're just me. picking up Maridon over and over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You turn one, We're tandem unit tandem so unit. much. <laughs> The P people talk about list, people or like, kind of the if... more traditional list with double flaffy, the I guess more mid range Maridon. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I think the peony build is probably better because you're. I think you're better against everything except Charizard with the peony build. Charizard is the only matchup where it's like you wish you kind of had the path, but even then you're still unfavorable. So it's like how much should how far should we go? Um. I think the big question for this build is: Do you play the Tapu Koko EX? Uh, paralyzed Charizards are Charizards going to play switch cards or mini ores or Turos? Do you think you um, would play one of those things? 
I would lean towards the mini or I guess more so than anything because it helps against non Pidgeot control and it gets around the Coco. So if you play well to get around the Coco with it, you have that as well. So kind of a couple things, I guess. Um, so I'd lean towards the mini or you know what I realized about the mini or I actually realized this over the Christmas like break because I got my brother a build and battle kit for Christmas and he and I were playing or we got I got him a build and battle stadium which has like two build and battle kits in it and we were playing it after Christmas and uh, I had a mini or in my deck and I was trying to use it as a pivot to reset my iron moths you were talking about the iron moth earlier they can't attack in subsequent turns. Yeah. So I was trying to use the mini or as a pivot. And you know what I realized that I hadn't realized before? A two retreat cost? It's got two retreat, yeah. bro. He's a big boy. It takes celebrate and energy to it ahead of time. But like if you go for your if you go like evolve Charizard, one to mini or two to Charizard, take your first two prize cards. If they boss KO mini or they just lose the game as Maridon. So they can't afford to do that. So it's just like sitting there waiting to be attached to um after they coco your Charizard. So what is it like? Farting that white liquid behind it, the like, mini or oh, is that it's like Star Trail? I think it's flying like up a building or something. This is a cityscape, you know, it's coming down from the sky. <laughs> it looks like, it's like... okay, so like, is it farting? Oh my gosh, dude, <laughs> come um, on, bro. But yeah, the mini or is like a good inclusion, especially like depending on which way the control decks are built. Mini or is good against non Pidgeot control, not as good against Pidgeot control. Basically, it does nothing. You still just lose. But I don't know which way people are going with that. And that's another deck to talk about as well. Control. It you know besides Charizard in San Antonio, you know control kind of dominated the tournament, right? Cal Connor yeah. with the crazy run, three in the top ten of the tournament. Liam Halliburton on the bubble there, not making it in. Um, yeah, I, I guess first off, the question is, if people want to play control, should they play Pidgey or not Pidgey? And then also, if you're going to this tournament, are you trying to hard tech for control? Um, or playing a deck that can beat control? I mean, the Minior is like kind of a nice inclusion because it's like trying to do multiple things. So the Minior is like a little bit... I don't know, teching for control doesn't feel great right now because of how popular I think Lost Teen is going to become. Um, Lost Teen is like literally everywhere right now. Everyone's playing it. I look on Twitter with like League Cup results. You know, um, on the ladder, it's been a lot more popular. People are talking about it. People like it. Um, so that hurts control. Control doesn't have a great answer to Tina. Um, the non Pidgeot build, I think, definitely has a way better Tina matchup because being consistent is kind of key. Uh, and being able to just replicate the Snorlax boss strategy. Um, the Pidgeot build feels like it's a little bit more um, fragile to the to the Tina matchup. So, so I don't know. Teching for it feels it doesn't feel necessary for sure. I felt I think it was better to tech for it at San Antonio than it was at Portland. Like if you're I playing something fair, like for sure, yeah, I don't think I would tech for it. If there's something convenient like a mini or if you're really trying to beat Coco, then I, like like I'd probably go and play mini or before I play just like a switch card, just because it can also help against control. Mm-hmm. Um, for example. But I don't think I'm like including a mini or in like I don't even know. But like still like playing Spirit Tomb and stuff and like Maridon, I think still seems decent because you kind of tackle but like tackling your Mew matchup right now doesn't seem having a tech for Mew doesn't seem that good either, to be honest. But I guess if you really want like the Spirit Tomb is still cool because it helps you beat Mew. It also kind of uh collaterals control. Um so those kind of techs I think are are reasonable. Like same thing with the Charizard where it kind of is handling multiple situations. 
but playing something like a mini or in like a guard war deck i wouldn't do something like that like yeah like those are the kind of tech that's kind of, kind of tech and i don't think i would do because it's like super straightforward based in one matchup and just like pretty bad in the deck uh in general whereas like the mini or is like not that bad in charizard as well as like a, a one prize attacker into like guard war and stuff which is kind of cool you can kill shiny arcanas with it so it's got like more use <clears throat> um more use cases than uh a mini or in a guard war or like a mini or in a Maridon or something like that so if we hop yeah. over to trainer hill we can look at the top uh meta share decks for the past seven days and this is yep. only accounting for online uh, tournaments online tournaments that had at least 50 people in them so this is the past seven days online tournaments with at least 50 people playing in them charizard has still been the most popular tina up there like you mentioned but then roaring moon up there at number three maybe a little bit of new life breathed into the deck after its second place finish in kyoto you yeah, think that definitely. roaring moon is something people should consider for portland <laughs> not should you consider i know you're no, i don't think i don't think it. anyone should consider roy and not if their goal is to yeah no not very good deck. that's it just nope yeah like if you're gonna play roy and Moon, you should just play maridon instead basically but even then i wouldn't play maridon either because charles is going to be too popular so yeah no not very good We've got Gardevoir here at the fourth spot. And I think Gardevoir is kind of an interesting spot. You know, it's got a solid Charizard matchup, right? 50-50 against Tina. You know, pretty decent against a lot of the room. Uh, but it still has kind of its normal Gardevoir issues, right? The the tournament structure isn't favorable for it. You're going to tie a decent percentage of the time unless you're playing quick or conceding games quick, which is really hard to concede games quick with Gardevoir because you're such a late game back, yeah. comeback type deck <clears throat> um what i always say about guard war is like if you're going to commit the time and effort to getting efficient with guard war and learning how to play the deck really well then i think it's like fine to uh to tackle and play um but you really got to make that commitment <clears throat> and really put in the time with it otherwise you're kind of just wasting your time i feel like uh, i think it will be quite a bit more popular because it has a good charizard matchup and like a lot of people play builds of zard so much what i played where they have like no techs for the guardy matchup that's gonna be pretty good or the guard war as well um and i can't say i really recommend teching against guardy as charizard just because like, I, still, I still think the matchup is unfavorable even with the tech cards um like gives the guardy away a lot <clears throat> to really get to a point where it feels comfortable um like something similar to what like robin played at gdansk i believe the triple loss city plus the avery kind of uh kind of teching um and it just feels like a lot yeah i'm not like a huge fan of going like that far um it's good like the lost cities can be good against like the lost one decks of course um but they're not like ridiculously good navy can be good against other things as well but yeah i think the, the heavy lost city count is also like specifically good against uh chi and pow as well you can like lost city both their back scalibers or both their chi and pows if they're just running two chi and pow but once again um not like a super popular deck so yeah uh, i was gonna say yeah. chi and pow pretty <clears throat> low in meta share right now yeah, I think you just kind of play Charizard straightforward, consistent. If you play against a Guardi, just you know, swing and pray, basically. I wonder if Chi and Pao should increase in play. You know, I mean, it should. The meta got way is getting good. Well, okay, if Maridon, like predict, if the Maridon percentage drops as is predicted, as it seems like it should, with Charizard being the most popular deck, and that not going to change, um, it, the meta gets a lot better for Chi and Pao. Guardi's coming back, playing less Avery. Charizard's yeah. the most popular deck. Maridon's less played. Like everything's kind of lining up pretty good for Chi and Pao for this tournament. I don't know if it's like, going to be great for Chi and Pao, but it's definitely getting way better. You do have a pretty was. bad control matchup with Chi and Pao. 
That's bad. Yeah, that's bad. I, and I don't even know if like the mini or solves that matchup, but I also probably you probably don't want to tech for that matchup either. Just kind of take the take the L is probably the better way to go. But um, yeah, I would say uh, looking pretty good for looking better for Chien Pao. Is it good enough? Uh, I don't know if it's quite good enough though. What do you think the them? best Lost Box variant variant is this weekend? Not talking about Tina, but just Lost Box. Uh, Kyogre, I think something similar to like what won uh, Kyoto. For sure, something like that. Definitely with Kyogre, some kind of Kyogre pile. I would, that would be my, uh, if I was going to play a Lost Box, it would be something like that for sure. I think Kyogre is just like too important for the, um, even kind of the Mew matchup as well, but namely the the Maridon matchup. Um, and Kyogre, you never know when Kyogre is going to win you a game, even against like stuff like Charizard or Gardevoir. It's not great in those matchups, but you know, it is such a high level threat. Literally the best attack, most powerful attack, I should say, not the best. Probably not the best attack because it's so hard to pull off, but it is the most powerful attack in the game yeah. still, I think. So, yes, never bad to have that on your side as a as a tool, right? Yeah, I don't think there's anything else in the game right now that can put 500 damage in play in one turn. Yeah, on two different Pokemon. On right? two different Pokemon, <clears throat> yeah. Like, you can over-nuke something with Gardevoir, but, like, I don't know, I can't, I can't charge out earlier on stream today for 330 damage, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's because I shouldn't have attached a reversal energy. But, yeah, like... Being able to split up that oh so like being able to split the damage is like almost better um because like yeah a lot of pokemon don't have that much hp but killing multiple things is pretty good this one being up at the sixth most played maybe a little bit surprising and do you think this would ever translate to it being played irl and that's golden mm. go yeah i think for sure it's not going to be the it's not going to make the graphic on day one like theoretically if you just took these percentages it's on the graphic golden goes there it's oh it's the sixth most played deck <laughs> but yeah it's not going to make the graphic but i think it will it's in, in play will increase a lot i think a lot of people played that deck um and kind of evolved it as well team lists with uh more palkias like uh different like basically people are keeping the same ideas the melodic um <clears throat> and the the palkia with the water energy people are keeping like that idea but kind of of working on the list further and evolving it so, yeah, I think it will definitely see an increase in Golden Go play. Will it result in Golden Go results? I don't know. I don't think so. Probably not great. Like, I would love for it to, to happen, man. That'd I would sick, love though. to yeah, see me too. Golden Go. Golden Go in top eight? I would love it, but I don't know if I think it's going to happen. The number seven deck here is Urshifu Intellion. I think kind of the one deck of these like top meta decks, I guess besides Gardevoir, that everyone is just kind of universally like, yep, that's the deck that has a good Charizard matchup, right? <laughs> um yeah yeah i think so um and there are like some potential techs out there like for the charizard deck but also it has like a good guard bar matchup uh the lost tina matchup is close and your lost um, box matchup is pretty good yeah the real struggle for the urshifu deck now has become the maridon matchup against the peony build it's like no longer your maridon matchup is no longer favorable like it used to be because the peony yeah. build is just so fast it's got the mu ex's got the dte like it's that one's gotten tough to be honest um so it's i think it's 50 50 still for rapid strike but i could see it being unfavorable because the the peony deck just chooses second is so fast and it's just like takes over so it's gotten yeah that's like the big hit for rapid strike but maridon should be less popular uh moving forward so it's not like a terrible player or anything it's just like that's kind of unfortunate for rapid strike yeah we do see the maridon is down here a little bit there's two different maridon and i I don't think it'll be split on the graphic this weekend but yeah we've got the 
Maridon Peony uh, build. We got the Maridon Flaffies. You've already said that you think the Peony build is kind of the way to go. I know you also, you played a list this week that was kind of unique that had like a lot of EXP share in it. Do you think there's any merit yeah. to something like that to try to keep your energy cards in play to beat Charizard? I imagine that's kind of what the thought process was there to have the EXP shares, right? Yeah, the ESP features were okay. They were just hard to find before the game was over and get enough value out of them. But the energy, honestly, the energy stickers were pretty good. I had energy stickers in there where, as well at the end of it. Um, and even the Pokemon catchers. I had Pokemon catchers as well. Because like <laughs> being able to use Peony for a gust effect is pretty sick. And cross switchers kind of take up too much space and are a little bit too awkward, I think, around Peony. Um, but yeah, I think that actually could be... Uh, I might, I, might, I think maybe the stickers stay. Maybe like one or two ESP shares stays, but probably go back to a 1-1 Flaffy. But after experimenting with some of those cards, like those all felt pretty good. So yeah, I think peony build is the way to go right now. It's just kind of like how aggressive can we make it? How how consistently aggressive can we make it? Dude, energy sticker dawn goes so hard. You remember when people were like freaking out about Turbo Patch, and then we just got energy sticker, and no one said a thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the cycle of Pokemon TCG overreactions never gets old, huh? Yeah, people were like, it's gonna ruin the game. Having everyone's gonna play four of this card. And it's gonna be an it RNG. Never was played. It was basically never it was, played. It was, it was like very slightly pre rotation turbo Vikavolt. That was it. And even that deck was like it was like okay. And it was like oh they got the turbo Vikavolt, but that's predictable. They play four turbo patch, and then the deck was like it was like an okay deck. But yeah, uh, way over exaggerated how good uh, turbo patch was gonna be. And then yeah, we get energy sticker, and it's just like no one says a thing. <laughs> no one says a thing a better card as well because, a better card yeah well i don't know i don't know if it's fair to say they're better because it's like the same thing well yeah right? uh turbo patch could go to the active oh so turbo patch was better it wasn't it's gonna put on GX. can go to anything turbo patch could only go to basics okay we eh, i was so they're just, like they're just kind of different right yeah, I guess. I like to be able to attach my active. That's pretty big. You don't need like a pivot or a switch card to work with on the turn. And like the most often you're going to use cards like this, it's not going to be in a slower evolving deck. It's going to be in a turbo basic deck anyway. So the fact that yeah, turbo patch can only go to basics doesn't really hurt it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, but then looking at the rest of these decks, is there anything else we really need to spend time on or talk about? There's Arceus stuff we talked about Snorlax already. Chimpao we talked about. I guess Mew. Where does Mew kind of sit? You know, I think Mew does solid against like a lot of this stuff. Does good against it, does fine against Tina. Um does really good against Urshifu. It's gotta be well, I don't know. Golden Go's got a lot of HP. <laughs> a lot of HP, yeah. Golden Go actually might be kind of tough for the Mew, I guess. Uh, but it's good against Maridon. It just gets destroyed by Charizard. Yeah, I mean, the Charizard match, like, if you play the double turbo Mew with, if you play double turbo Mew with, like, the handlock stuff, I think the Charizard match is like 50, Yeah, it's like 50 50 with Luxray and Grab. Everything is like 50 50. That's just not what people have um, been playing. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, so, but if you want to play double turbo Mew, I think people are getting sick of getting caught with their with their pants down against Mew and not playing Drapion or Spirit Tomb. I think people are kind of done with that. Like, we don't want to look be, you know, we don't want to look like Europe over here. We can't let them actually win. Dude, how can so, we, we can't get through an episode without? Like, I think that Tina players <laughs> will Europe's, like have, Europe like, I think Tina will have, there. I think Tina will have Drapion or the Spirit Tomb. Like, I think people are kind of like annoyed. Like, I, I would be annoyed. Like, if I kept rolling after tournaments and like Mew was still coming up at like 8%, and it's like, well, I have a bad Mew matchup. I didn't play my Spirit Tomb. Like, also, Spirit Tomb's good against control. So that's why I think Double Turbo Mew's in a pretty bad spot because I think the Spirit Tombs are going to be there. I was like, okay, now you have to play Fusion Mew. But Fusion Mew's Charizard matchup is so much worse than Double Turbo Mew's. 
matchup, yeah. it's like, can you afford to play Fusion Mew? It's like, eh, probably not really. So I guess the question just becomes, do you play double Turbo Mew and hope that everyone has this exact same thought process? It's like, well, if they can't play double Turbo Mew and they can't play Fusion Mew, they can't play Mew, so I'm going to take my Spiritomb out, and then you play double Turbo Mew, I feel like that's a little bit too next level for how recent yeah. this tournament is, and I think people are just going to be like, Dude, I'm not getting I'm not getting caught with my pants down against me. I'm putting my tech in, no matter what prediction uh, I can kind of come to in my own head. I'm just keeping my spirit. Term, I'm keeping my Drapion, um, because yeah, Mew had like a pretty good showing overall at San Antonio. Um, even with Charizard being 18 of the meta, you know, decent amount of spirit tombs in stuff like all the control decks played spirit tomb because you kind of need it for the Mew matchup. Otherwise, Mew just runs over you really fast. Um, so yeah, I think the, the spirit teams are going to show up. I think Mew still will show up. I think Mew's going to probably be like seven, eight percent. I think it's going to have a bad time. Yeah. I honestly, it didn't have the best time in San Antonio. Like it was so like three in top 16. I think there was no top eight, but they were, they were like right there. Right. I'm not trolling. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two fusions and then Hedrick with the DT and there's another DTE right there. LaBella lost okay, the win okay. to Grant. Like, yeah, they weren't far Solid off showing. That's fair. Yeah, so it, it did, did okay. Yeah, there's Xander. Xander with the Mew, of course. Um, so let's look at Xander's limitless think, page. You ready? No. Oh, he played a Chim Pow. Okay, okay. <laughs> Dialga's there as well. Dialga's. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I think like Mew had an unreasonable showing for how much Charizard there was. Like, I think that's like so that means the other decks were slacking, right? Because like Charizard can only be dark type so much. Like once you're dark type, that's it. You can't do anything else. So like, yeah, I think Mew had like kind of an unreasonable showing for how popular Charizard was. So um, I think people are going to put their, put their spirit teams in and stuff like that and be, be tech for it. But I don't think it's going to drop the Mew percentage. I think the Mew players are going to Mew. Uh, I think they should have a worse showing at this tournament overall though. It feels like the Mew players just Mew. Like maybe, I'm, maybe my prediction is a little bit off with that, but um, there was like a lot of people had a lot of cool text though in San Antonio for I played against a Fusion Me with an Excelgore line. I played against uh, uh, Colin Merrill Matthews, uh, a uh, big-time Mew Stan. Had a TM Devo in his build. So, like, you know, they were coming up with some interesting interesting stuff to try and tackle the Zard, but at the end of the day, it's still tough uh, for Mew. All right. Uh, well, let's get on to some predictions here. What we think is... Uh, the predictions we'll make and like look back on next week. I guess this first one should we set an over under or should we just guess a number for or how many Charizard will be in top eight? We should probably set an over under, right? That's what we normally do. Oh, I guess we could try and guess the exact number. We could, uh, we, we should just do an over under at 2.5. Yeah. Um, or should we do a 1.5? I mean, it's the most played deck. I feel like. Okay, two point five for an. That's saying three. There's gonna be three in top eight. That's like a lot. Like even if it is the most popular deck, three of top eight is still a lot. I feel like even for the most popular deck, okay. and it's like a known. It's a known quantity, right? Sure. All right, one point five. Yeah, I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna go under. I think one point five is an easy over. You think there's gonna be two in top eight? Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna go under on this one. It is the most popular deck. Very good deck. There's nothing really making it a terrible play for the tournament either. Like it's a good play. Wait, I'm gonna go under. Like, I feel like everyone's gonna have the little things for the Charizard. Team Devo is gonna be everywhere. Everyone with your fourth rare candy, don't play yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, keep those rare candies <laughs> hanging around. Keep for that. Sure. You never know who's got a Team Devo. Keep the fourth rare candy around. Evolve <laughs> to the Charmeleon. Slow it down a little bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's actually, a, a, we were talking about the Charizard. The second Charmeleon, I don't think is unreasonable for this weekend. 
As I well. think you or, definitely want to keep those justified gloves in your deck as well, though, because there's going to be a lot of mirror hanging around. And if they have it and you don't, you're going to be at a disadvantage right away. Um, or the other thing, uh, Silene, fifth row candy. Just saying, like, think about it. <laughs> no, second Charmeleon is definitely better. But yo, could you do some Silene stuff to beat control? Is you Silene plus something else to beat control? Play the mini or at that point. Why are we? Why are we playing two cards when we have Silene, one? How bad? The switch. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, we just like we have like at, create a control package that makes our deck go infinite, and then we don't yeah, lose. Yeah, yeah. Well, if none, of, if none of them are playing crab, can they even beat a, beat a Pidgeot? V? They can fill your bench eventually with like, yeah, Erica's and Echoing Horn. Yeah, they can eventually Erica's and Echoing Horn fill your bench and stop yeah. you, I guess. But maybe they don't have enough time. Maybe. Yeah, maybe you owe them. Yeah, Pidgeot V for the tie. I mean, I don't know if it's worth cutting Rotom for that. The Rotom's, Rotom's pretty, good. pretty good. Yeah, Rotom's kind of sick. I don't know if I do that. All right, second most popular deck on the meta breakdown graphic. So the graphic that they show on stream that we always show on the podcast the week after, what do you think the second most popular deck is? I think it's pretty well agreed that Charizard's going to be first. It'd be kind of a surprise if it's not Charizard first, to be yeah. honest. And then the second choice, I mean, for a lot of people, I mean, I don't know that it's a slam dunk Maridon second, you know? Anymore, maybe. Oh, well, that's what we like would hope. That's what I would hope. <laughs> like... Um, so I'm gonna not gonna pick Maridon for this one, and I'm gonna go with Lost Tina. <clears throat> I think that would make sense. Yeah, so I'm gonna go with Maridon still, though. <laughs> <laughs> they never learn, Azul. They never learn. I think it'll be close. I think Guardy, Tina, and Maridon will be close. I think Guardy is the other one to consider there at the second yeah. most popular, but I don't think Gardevoir's the in a spot right now where it's gonna be that popular. I don't know. Charizard's up there. I think you're favorable against Tina as well as Guardi. You got to play well. That's like a tough one. You got to play well, but I think you're favorite against both those. The Marada matchup is bad. Like, they hit you with the hands. Maybe you're going the Jake Gearhart route. You got that Deoxys V-Star in there, though. Maybe that's all you need. Guardi with Deoxys V-Star. Well-equipped for this one. So there were zero Golden Go in Day 2 of San Antonio. Now... I think I we'll probably see recently, some though. some Golden Go make day two here in Portland, <laughs> most likely. I would hope. We got to at least see one in there. Especially with like this new list popping up that's decent. You know, people have the melodic. I think we'll see some Golden Go pop in the day two. What do you think is well, the highest placing Golden Go is going to be? Um, I will say Golden Go. Like I, like I said, I haven't played with this deck yet. I feel like it's got to have a pretty solid Charizard matchup. Yeah, the HP, the 260 is annoying. For sure, it's just like a lot of HP. For sure, <laughs> yeah, the two sixty is annoying. Um, yeah, the Charizard matchup is pretty good because you can pretty much always get the first two prize cards, and then you're just winning the prize trade at that point. Yeah, um, the Radiant Charizard is the fix for that matchup, basically. Yeah, like if you Charizard, Charizard are worried about Golden Go. Yeah, if you Charizard, if you're really trying to beat him, there might be some other fire attacker you could play instead. Um, There's no Charmeleon the that can do it. You, enough need, like a, you need like a uh with defiance ban there is if you play the defiance ban you can make the comeback with the charmeleon the three the three energy one yeah for 90 <clears throat> i'm not sure if it's worth playing but you could do that um what were you saying golden go highest placement i'm gonna give him a top <sighs> do i want to give him the 64 yeah someone's top 64 for the golden go i think someone will get in there for sure Oh, Azul, ye of little faith not a man <laughs> of the people come on give it to me i said last time that cloth electrode would make top eight I maybe got a little out of line there, so I'm going to be a bit more reserved. We'll give it the top 16. Top 16, Golden Go. <laughs> right, I'd love on. to see it, for sure. I'd definitely love to see it. It would be <laughs> sick. <clears throat> that would be the sick poll, for sure.
Well, as well, before we get into our bonus episode over on Patreon, you got anything else you want to add? Any last second tip for anyone playing in Portland this weekend? No, not really. Um, best of luck to everyone. You know, just make sure you put in that extra preparation with the deck. That makes the biggest difference. It's just like you should have already locked in your deck choice at this point, basically. Just grind out some games, refine the matchup, uh, refine your matchup knowledge, refine your, your list overall. Fix the tech those last, yeah, the last couple tech cards that you want to include. Uh, you don't have to lock in like a perfect 60 right now, but you know, the night before the tournament, you know, make those final adjustments based on what you think is going to be the most popular, or you think will have the most impact on your tournament run. Yeah, putting that extra time makes the difference. That's the biggest thing. People don't, uh, no one plays enough Pokemon. The best players in the game don't play enough Pokemon. The worst players in the game don't play enough Pokemon. The average players in the game don't make it play enough Pokemon. No one plays enough Pokemon for the results that they expect or want to have. So you can always play more. There you go. You can always play more coming from the guy who probably does plays more Pokemon than anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much to everyone for listening and for your support as always. And if you want to show that little bit of extra support, the easiest way to do it is to leave us a rating, leave us a review, drop a comment on the YouTube video. Totally free to do those things and takes just a second. Helps a bunch more people discover the podcast and uh, yeah, helps us to know that you enjoy what we're doing over here with the uncommon energy podcast and of course if you want to show us that little bit of extra support monetarily the place to do that is over on patreon where we're going to be hopping over to our bonus episode here in just a moment if you want to stay up to date with us the best place to do it is on twitter you can follow myself at chip richie azul is at azul underscore gg and then you can follow the podcast at uncommon underscore energy Oh, yeah. Uh, thanks for... <laughs> Come on, bro. Where are we at? <laughs> thanks for the support, as always. Uh, good luck to everyone going to Portland this weekend. We'll catch y'all next Friday. Next Just Friday. Just a one-off. And then we'll be back to the normal Wednesday at 7 a.m. Eastern. Um, yeah. See you.